Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 192 of the Y'all Can Hear Podcast. I'll be your host today, Patrick, and joining me today are my three closeout co-hosts. Jingle Bell Jonathan. My name is Colt. Want to get out of here? Let me out. Let me out. The door's closed. We got him locked up. <laughs> it's, uh... Ah, oh, man. You know... You know, I'm sorry. I don't know what... My name's Wenzel. Hey, what's up? Okay, hey, hey. <laughs> Last episode I of the about, year, and it's just simply Wenzel. I, I thought about doing Winter Wonderland Wenzel again, but I was like, I didn't do that for the last one, so it doesn't matter anymore. Nothing matters. Truly nothing matters. Why are we here? Let's stop the podcast. Well, we can't stop the podcast because we got we to gotta break down all the things that happened this year because it's time for another year-end special. 2020 AYCH Awards. Yay! Yay. <laughs> we sound so enthused. Oh, we did. We did have a, a big sugar crash. I want to say first off is even though this year did suck ass in almost every well, in a lot of ways, there was still a bunch of cool stuff that released media, entertainment wise, and. Even if you didn't get to enjoy that stuff, like if you didn't get a chance or a chance to it, let's say you have a backlog, right? I bet there's a ton of people out there who got to enjoy stuff from years past, whether it be movies, video games, books, or what have you. So, you know, good shit. It was pretty bad, but it wasn't all bad. If it wasn't for the you know good company and. Almost, I would say, intravenous drip connection to our streaming devices. Um, who knows where we'd all be? Oh, I would 100% be a hermit. I would forget how to talk. I would grunt <laughs> only, uh, and I would be covered in my own poop. Anybody, anybody who says they want to live in the any time before the fucking 20th century or maybe early 20th century, they're like, we have too much technology. Everybody's on their phone too much. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Everything's better now. Everything, like, I mean, we have literally access to the world through communication and through these devices, and we have, like, so much better medicine, uh, just everything i guarantee we've had this talk somewhere before i the uh, past year we 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 definitely have it, it was on the uh the second spinner wheel episode yeah we did that was yep. not even two months ago <laughs> but like you said we, we was just breaking down some of the highlights of media from 2020 uh we will say um because this year was a little unorthodox a little different and just very off the register for everyone else this year's uh, awards we will be changing up our format a little bit we will still be talking about of course like our big topics like the best at anime and music and video games and movies but instead of sort of trying to come up with a singular list of the best of those things from the year what we'll be doing instead is just giving like our personal favorites on each of those categories throughout the year could you feel like one just how uneven the, the the year has been in terms of you know media release, it'd be a bit hard to sort of make a definitive list in in some respects. And we feel like it just, it would just be easier for us to sort of just to give our favorites because you know it's kind of hard to kind of the bicker and fight over what would be number one. Also, I just want to say going at the doing it like we've been doing it for the past I don't know how many years, I can't do that anymore. Never again do I want to do that. 
because yeah, all the time, every single time we do it, I end up coming out bitter about stupid small things. Uh, in the end, I know I shouldn't be bitter. It's stupid. None of this matters. But it's always just mentally draining because your brain is stupid and it wants to get mad about everything. Well, yeah, the, I was going <laughs> to... That and it takes six fucking hours to record. That's true. Yeah, exactly. I was going to, you know, just some honesty with uh, anybody listening right now. You know, um, going forward, we're probably not going to, we're probably not going to do that format from here on out, you know, it, like like Colt said and like Jonathan said, it, it's been draining because we we do put a lot of time in it and getting together is fun, um, you know, but we couldn't do that this year. And even if we did that remotely, I, I doubt we would have ever done it remotely like that because it's like like before, it's just so draining and, um, you know, all that bickering or arguing and, you know, it, it, some of it's fun, some of it, like Colt said, it leads us bitter and maybe upset, maybe, you know, like me, a little too passionate about what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because, like, we'll have a song on there that we personally feel attached to and then Cody's out of the nowhere. He's like, I thought this song was shit. All right, let's go to the next song. And, like, you're supposed to let me blow that off. Like, okay, thanks for insulting <laughs> my favorite song. Yeah, so, you know, we, um, we're going we're gonna to reel that back. And instead, we're just going to talk about the things that we each personally liked. You know, maybe one of us didn't like it. That's okay. You know, it's fine. No arguing, no voting, none of that. Just us bantering. Um, and, you know, if that, and then if that drained you or maybe made you tired as well, sorry. You know, I... Hope we had a little bit of fun, and I hope some of you had a little bit of fun. But we're gonna we're gonna change it up this year, of course. Also, just to be aware to everyone in the podcast, this is just for us and maybe the listeners if they care. I'm going to insult every single person here for their taste at least once t- today. I uh, it's my mission to insult you. But then, what was that whole bit about you know getting not doing the bickering and fighting and then being bitter and angry? You gotta do something for all kinds of fans, Pat. For the listeners out there who, who love to hear a squabble and fight. You know what, Pat? You suck because you're using your brain. That's it. Pat's done. Got him done. Pat's, Pat's executed. Damn. Oh my god, Pat is he really executed? He's dead. He's dead. Oh god. Uh, Cole, it's up to you now. Take, carry this podcast. I think we need to call an ambulance, but not for me. Oh, oh no. no. Okay, we're going to jump right into our first major topic. We will, like I said, we'll be having our four major topics, anime, music, video games, and movies. Interspace with our more fun topics. Those will be uh, coming in the middle there. But our first major topic we'll be talking about tonight is best anime of 2020. And like you said, just just giving our personal favorites of the anime that we watched this year and with a special highlight for the series that came out this year. All right. Who would like to start it off with their favorite anime from 2020? I can go. No, I will go. All right. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. I, I, My list is short, so that's why I thought I should probably go first just to get out of the way. Um, and there will probably be some overlap, so I'll just go into it. Um, earlier, uh, My Hero, earlier this year, My Hero Academia Season 4 ended. Um and we were well into uh, quarantine, and uh, we're still in quarantine technically. But uh, everybody pretty much caught up with it um, during that time, and we all collectively flipped out when we all watched the uh, final episode. Um, you know, seeing it, you know, having read read it in the manga, and then seeing it done beautifully. Oh my god! Two, we got easily two of the best fights in anime from this season. And um, it was just fantastic, and I'm so excited for you guys to see what's in store for season five, uh, which 
it comes out next year. Yeah. Hopefully. Since we're here already, my heroes on mine. I really enjoyed this season. Uh, last season, I enjoyed it up to a point, and then everything after that point, it just wasn't hitting the same hype levels. Because after the All Might fight with All Les, for One, Les Might All for One, uh, it just went. It just wasn't as hype for me. And uh, considering I've read to that point, I decided that I wouldn't read anymore because if I knew about it, it wasn't that much more exciting to watch it animated. Uh, but so since I didn't read this part of the manga for season four, I was really into it. I really enjoyed the overhaul. I really enjoyed, uh, what is his name? The guy, and he's got the internet fan that follows him around. Gentle criminal. I enjoyed his bullshit shenanigans and then them <laughs> setting up the parade just to make little, uh, what's that little girl's name? Aerie. Aerie, just to make Aerie happy, I really enjoyed watching that. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, I was going to say, that was something whenever this this came out, my my, th- my favorite arc was the overhaul arc, and go ahead, going to say, there's probably going to be spoiler for a lot of stuff uh, in this as well, so, you know, if you want to stop and go watch it or just not come back, that's fine. Um, yeah, the overhaul arc was fantastic it's my favorite arc and you know it's weird too because whenever it came out and finished people were talking about like yeah they were like didn't really like that arc like what (laughs) that was amazing understand that because like we we, fight with lamillion and uh overhaul was absolutely insane then deku suddenly starts flying and the way he fucking destroys him just ah it, that that I was not prepared for that to be animated the way it was. I was not, and when it when I saw it, I was crying. I was like, "This is so freaking just insane!" They did this so perfectly. You know, you know, it was a little dark because that's what they do. But oh my god, it was just it was insane. Like because like you said, like he you know he's going one hundred percent, and he literally it, he's using a hundred percent of one for all to fight this guy who literally morphed with one of his uh henchmen to to defeat him like he has to go like this is Deku going all out and and, and the him, only reason he's able to do it is because Aries on his back Aries on his on his back using rewind and like he was literally taking limbs off of overhaul it was insane that was that was a crazy fight too and there's a part in there whenever uh you see it's like up close of overhaul his eyes and it's like a lot, you know, a lot of people say like, you know, that's him uh, essentially watching his fl- life flash before his eyes, and I think that's really um, that really is perfect because in that moment, you know, Deku looks like an absolute fucking monster, and like his face, you know, he's not smiling, but his teeth are showing, and I feel like in a way that's kind of a strained smile as he's about to punch the shit out of Overhaul. <laughs> I mean, he's and I love probably it. pretty like gratified in like beating this shit out of overhaul because up to this point in the series overhaul is definitely the most despicable villain they've come across like because like i was like uh all for one he, he's like obviously very evil but i feel like he's very corporate evil while overhaul is very much gangster uh more so brutal 
yeah, Overhaul, you know, I mean, he literally abuses Aerie, a child, and he's killed her. He's killed her several times and put her back because of his quirk overhaul, which I, you know, I was so excited because that quirk is insane. Power of overhaul. It's essentially a more powerful crazy diamond from part four. Yeah, I, I just did the corporate and uh, gangster because I've been playing cyberpunk and it just that's been on my brain. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're right. I mean, um, all for one is like essentially uh, criminal underworld. Well, like he's in the shadows but like he's the f- figure at large you know like yeah and like I mean, he's very professional in a way he just kills to get their power he doesn't care about seeing the suffering well i wouldn't i wouldn't say that he he definitely wanted to see all might suffer and especially anybody who uses one for all okay well, um, yeah but like overhaul wanted the more yeah overhaul overhaul is different because I don't know. They're very. They're both very complex. In that overhaul, you know, is trying to. Um, he's trying to exploit. He's using a girl to exploit society and to uh, uh, to kind of bring the yakuza, which is you know a gang, back into uh, notoriety. You know, make people fear them again. And like, I don't know. I don't know. That that was man. That was just crazy too. And then I, I think. I think the one thing that people hated the most about the arc was just that, like, because nobody says, like, the fights were bad, the characters were bad. No, nobody says that. No, everybody just says that overhaul is wasted potential because, um, because, you know, at the very end, we, we get an encounter between him and Tamura and Mr. Compress and Dobby, and Mr. Compress takes one of his arms because overhaul took one of his arms which was absolutely fucking bloody and i loved it and uh tamora takes the other one and you know he's he's effectively lost his quirk and um and people were like people were thinking like oh shit like that would have been a good arc is to have the yakuza and like the the villain league of villains to have like a constant like you know, battle going on throughout the series to make more complex uh, character development, especially for Tamura and like for the other heroes uh, and the students. But that didn't happen, and that's fine. You know, uh, I don't really care. I, I think it was a great arc, and I think going forward, um, I'm I'm kind of glad. I guess that's not what happened because of everything that's happening now. It did add to Tamura's development and to the to the whole group as a whole. Or the group as a whole. So yeah, sorry, talked a lot. My hair is good. I'm looking forward to that fifth season whenever it does come. And then also towards the end of the season, we get that beautiful just endeavor. Gosh, that was a fantastic way to end the season. Just beautiful. It's actually what gave me, it birthed a new look for Endeavor in my head. I actually really enjoy his character. I am excited to see him potentially redeem himself a little bit for be being an abusive husband and father father yeah because that's something that um you know that's how do you you know how do you approach that how do you deal with that and um horikoshi has been i I will say he's he's been um the way he's been kind of juggling that is um it's tough but i will say it makes endeavor an interesting character yeah it shouldn't have to be said you can like a character like that and you know not endorse the things they do. Yes. Like, I think Endeavor is has a cool design and he's and he's badass. Does, does that mean I endorse him being an abusive husband and father? No. It, this, Absolutely this should not. should be obvious. No. Like, uh, I think 
overhaul was pretty fucking badass, but I hated his actions. Oh yeah, no, I mean you, you you know, you still had people cosplaying as Overhaul even Endeavor, you know. I mean, yeah, Overhaul, cool quirk, cool design, shitty, terrible person. I mean, that's a villain, you know. That's yeah. a villain. And Endeavor's different. He's a hero, but he's a complicated character as well, and you know, that can be um Pat says it perfectly, so it doesn't even, you know, whatever. Yeah. You get it. No, I was going to say I didn't get to I didn't watch as many anime this year. Um, but there was one I really sat down and was able to watch the entire season, and that was the Doro Hedoro anime. And I I really enjoyed it. I know there's, there's there's been definitely a little bit of contention with this series because the animation style it is CG animation, and I will say it, it does feel some of the better CG animation in anime. Although I would have preferred it had been more consistent with like because there's stuff in there that it it kind of volleys back and forth honestly between like traditional animation and cg but i really enjoyed it i got i got really into doro hey doro at the end of last year i got the first five volume from christmas from the boys and i just ate it up like i just burned through them so it's just like a surreal quirky and like horrific series because like it is it's like hardcore like horror and punk style and that's and that art style is right up my alley. And this is a great show because you have like just a demented world, but all the characters are pretty light and jovial for the most part. It, it, it just despite sort of the the world that it's set in. And I, I do like the, sort of the contrasting swords you have from Kaiman and and uh, his team on their on side. You have all the bad guys like they're like they're compelling and entertaining. And while just being like just viscerally brutal, but also kind of this weird hodgepodge of a family. Hell yeah! I think the season ends a little bit past uh, where I have in, the, in my manga series. Uh, I would say it probably ends around set like volume eight, eight or nine. It, it's it's well into like the um, the sorcerer world arc, and there's like a big turn in the series, and I'm, I'm very much invested. Uh, and where it goes, because like the, the the weird thing about Dora Hey Dora, because I feel like it feels like it would be a shorter series, but like new things keep kind of adding up to sort of prolong the mystery, but it doesn't feel like it's being forced or like being written Padded. by the seat of their pants. Like yeah. it feel it, it's like this comfortable level. I feel like it can end at any moment, but it still continues. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like that's, that's that's a very interesting way to make a series, and it works very well. Hell yeah! All right, hell yeah. Um, well, sorry, I was going to say something. I was going to say, um, I wonder if it's because the art style is so gritty and hardcore. Is that why they possibly went to kind of like a um, that weird uh, CG yeah, kind of Yeah, it could be because there's a lot of details there. But at the same time, I don't know. I think the CG looks good. It, it looks like the better CG, like Pat said. It, it doesn't look bad, yeah. Cause like, cause I guess when I was cause just looking at um, Hayashida's art style, I can I can imagine like if anybody's seen like Ed, Ed and Eddie, like like the characters are static but they have like this like kind of buzzing outline around them. That's yeah. kind of how I would figure if it was traditionally animated. Because I feel like just has this like this really like buzzing sketching style. Like I like, have like these pig pen esque lines just like buzzing around them. Yeah, and, like, I think that'd be a great aesthetic. I don't know like how cost effective that would be to animate. 
it, 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 that might be maybe or over sort of the animation budget. And it's what you know, whatever studio that given the um, opportunity to animate, they have sort of their own way of doing going about things, and that's that's their prerogative. But yeah. there's there is a part of me that wished that, that it was a little bit closer to the original manga. But I feel like it still captures the strength of the series and. I'm very excited to, to catch the next season when that comes out. I don't I don't think I've heard of when season two is coming out yet. But in the meantime, I still have several volumes in the manga to catch up on, which I, that will tie me over until we get the next anime season. Hell yeah. Is that all your anime? I did have one more anime, but I think that would be more of a, a joint discussion so um with burn the wit so uh, yeah. the next the next person who has a more individual series, we'll talk about that next. Oh uh for me, my anime, I don't have it much. I have the My Hero, which we just covered. My Hero's good. Uh, I got Japan Sinks, which we covered this, uh, our summer anime list. I, like we said then, it is a very sad, very heartbreaking story. That kind of, it's, it's got a happy ending, but man, does Masaki Yuasa know how to beat you with a baseball bat. I said that in, <laughs> in the review. And I stand by that still. It's very good. I don't want to spoil it because it's only 10 episodes and it's beautiful. I think if you like to get hit with a baseball bat, you'll probably like this. It's like a baseball bat with sadness written on it and he jumps you. Pretty much. Uh, And then I have Jujutsu Kaisen, which isn't finished yet, but and I'm not fully caught up on it. But from where I'm at, I'm really enjoying it. It's very cool. The animation's really good. <laughs> I don't know if Wenzel brought this up on the podcast, but in person, he's talking about how he wants to watch, not watch, but read the manga. But the manga art style is nothing that crazy uh, compared to the anime. And I looked at it. I agree with Wenzel. It's okay art, but compared to the anime, the anime blows it out of the water. Yeah, it, it's not, you know, it's, it's just, it's really... <sighs> I, you know, I hate to do this, you know, to the to the person, but like, it's not bad. It's just that it's just I I would prefer it needs to be. Um, I need it in a different visual format, which is in color and moving, because I think even if it was colored, that would probably help it a little bit. But it's not very detailed. It's not very detailed, and I think it. it I think it has to rely a lot on movement. Yeah. And um and yeah I, I that's what I said to Colt because we were talking about it and it, it's so funny too because a lot of people compare uh, Jujutsu Kaisen with uh, Chainsaw Man Chainsaw Man is the exact opposite um if it was if it was never animated I'd be fine because its art is fantastic absolutely fucking killer um talk about that later but um but Jujutsu Kaisen I think needed to be animated and it is and I love it and you know that's also my other anime so I'm just going to talk about it Jujutsu Kaisen I so far I've been loving it um it you know at first it, we talked about this with Demon Slayer uh, Demon Slayer on the surface seemed kind of plain but then it turned out to be really great like really good and then same thing with this Jujutsu Kaisen on the surface just seemed like your you know your regular shonen jump but then as as a series pr- is going to progress it just it's it's really good, really fun. Um, there's also these little bits that they have at the end of each episode called Jujutsu Scrolls, which are just really fucking funny. Colt, what was the last episode you watched? Uh, nine. No, nine. I stopped on nine. You stopped at nine? Damn, yeah. I can't do this bit then. Never mind. There's a, I think, I think it's episode nine. There's a bit in there that is something that I did in school. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, no, you'll get it. You'll get okay. it. There, at Jujutsu Scroll, there's a bit in there that is something that you know that I did in in middle school and in high school, and it's so fucking funny. Um, and Gojo, man, Gojo is just he's my he's my favorite character. I love Gojo so much. Um, Colt, yeah, pretty boy. Gojo is definitely gonna be the next uh, guy that you see on. If Gojo existed in 2008. He would have been on so many Hot Topic t-shirts, so many bags. He is the typical middle school girl, middle school girl's dream. Yeah, I, I won't say too much because I don't know if Pat's caught up. Um, but yeah, Gojo, I just love, I love Gojo, and um, I'm really excited to to see more of more of him. Thanks, Pat, for. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll find the context for that later maybe yeah um we'll anime see. dogs anime dogs uh that is what pat is sending us right now because uh, this is a bit for later at the end of the segment because we're talking we'll be discussing also the best anime dog of the year but we did want to continue on with our actual anime discussion i was just putting that in there for the boys for visual reference yeah you distracted us anyway jujutsu kaisen really good it's definitely not like any uh well currently right now it's kind of like your regular shonen jump but from what i've heard people have said it later as it progresses it's not like any shonen jump before so give it a watch you know if you want to read the manga and it hits you or you know it it hooks you in then read the manga too i you know i, I won't say not to for the final anime that i have here which i imagine this is the group discussion anime burn the witch uh that's probably one of my favorite animes that dropped this year, and it's a movie. Well, technically, it's three episodes, so it's not a movie. Whatever, man. It, whatever. Uh, Burn yeah. the Witch fed the hole in my heart, and it opened it a little bit more for Bleach. I want more Bleach-related content. Not necessarily Bleach, but also Bleach. And I'm glad we're getting it through the Burn the Witch uh, universe. I want to know more about this city. Because I remember reading the manga when it was when it was dropped earlier this year and jumped, and like I was really into it because because like obviously Tight Kubo has a very distinct style, like with his characters, they're very flashy, they're very fashionable, and like even though like I I had my troubles with Bleach, I, I feel like still one of the strongest things about the series was like its overall design and especially character design and like just seeing this like really interesting world like with this sort of this quasi modern fantasy version of england and like all the different types of dragons and and like you get little hints of its sort of broader relations with bleach and sort of like how the girls were using magic and how they were fighting and just like honestly like the characters are super cool and their names are so like over the top bruno bang knife come on (laughs) (laughs) yeah and obviously it's one of the best looking anime of the year even if it's like an ova a movie whatever you want to call it like it just looks superb like it's without a doubt one of the best looking series of the year yes 100 percent yeah what was was that little doggy dude's name oshi oshi Uh, well, speaking of doggies, I think it's a good time to jump into it. Our four contenders for anime dog of the year, one from each season. Winter, we have Oda Cinnamon Noganaga, about the uh, Japanese historical figure reincarnated as a Shiba Inu dog. That's the Hell winner, yes. the winter nominee. The spring nominee is Shiro Ogami, the Wolfman from B and A, brand new animal. We have Pipe, 
the summer representative from the anime series Decadence. <laughs> which, yeah. So he may not be a, 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 a literal dog, but he's very much dog in spirit. That's a dog. Yeah, that's a dog. And lastly, we have the fall representative, and that's Oshi from Burn the Witch. Who would who would y'all be be pulling as the best dog of anime in 2020? I think it's fairly obvious what my answer is uh, with Oshi. I love that little fella. He's a crazy little doggy uh, that craves one thing. Not, not not appropriate. He's a crazy dog. I'll say this. He's mad, insane. He craves panties. He's insane. I love Oshi. He's a crazy bastard, and I got to give it to Oshi too. That little fucking chode. <laughs> uh. Also, I would I would like to also recommend um, some good runner-ups, uh, the Demon Dogs from Jujutsu Kaisen. Those are good dogs. They eat demons very well. Yeah, they do. I watched one get their head cut off, but yes. Spoilers. Uh, who who, uh, who are you casting your vote for for best dog of 2020? For best dog, uh, Decadence. Pipe. I don't know. Good choice. I, I, Pipe's a good choice. Pipe's really good. Like he's a big like blob, and he just bumbles around. He was really cute in Decadence. He just has an adorable little... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I am I feel kind of basic, but I really like Oshi. He's just, like, like disgustingly cute. It's and, a Pomeranian <laughs> dragon. And like, But they're all good dogs. There's, no, there's not a bad dog. They're all good. There's never a bad dog, Pat. I really like Oshi. And um, I will say people really like Oshi because, like, our second biggest Instagram post of the year was a nine-picture photo grid of Oshi. Yeah. <laughs> like, stupid big. Goddamn, it was so funny how that just blew the fuck up. <laughs> so people love Oshi, and it, it's really hard to argue. Yep. Uh, yeah. By uh, majority vote, Oshi is the anime dog of the year, according to AYCH. The one but thing we may good. vote on tonight. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Was there any other uh, little anime subjects we want to talk about before we move on to our next topic? All right, guys. Time to get in the corner. Settle in the corner. I'm about to have my my thing, okay? This is my time. Sit in the corner and listen. This year, I didn't watch as much 2020 anime because I was busy buying every Blu-ray of every Gundam series ever. And I... I have almost completed that. I'm missing like probably four series, but mm, I've watched a lot of Gundam. Today I'm going to rank the 11 series from Gundam that I watched this year, which roughly adds up to 83 hours of Gundam. So here we go. Dead last is Gundam F91. This one was disappointing. Uh, I had so much hype going into it because the animation... The art style was so beautiful, but that story was boo-boo. Number 10, we got the OG Gundam. I know this is crazy because I know a lot of people love the OG Gundam. Uh, I thought it was pretty basic. I uh, I liked it. Keep in mind, I like all of these, by the way. It's just that it's basic. Number 9, Victory Gundam. It's a another pretty okay Gundam series. We got to see what a giant angel Gundam kind of looks like in the sky. And we got to see tiny mobile suits and everyone died in the end. Pretty good. Uh, number eight's Gundam Double Zeta. That's where my favorite mobile suit comes in, which is the Gundam Double Zeta. Uh, it was wacky. It was crazy. They went on the moon. Eh. Next is Gundam Zeta. Pretty good. Camille is 
my second favorite Gundam protagonist behind Banagher Lynx. Which, speaking of Banaji, we got Gundam Unicorn at number six. Gundam Unicorn, I absolutely love it. It was the first Gundam I've ever watched. Thinking back on it, I shouldn't have watched this first because it had the most complicated shit in it, but I don't know how I didn't notice it because you had to watch some of the OG Gundam. You had to watch some Gundam Double Zeta, and I didn't watch any of that. I just went into this blind as hell. Still, but on the second watch, I understood everything, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, number five, Char's Counterattack. Some of the best mobile suit designs in the whole thing, the franchise as a whole. You got the Sazabi, you got the RX-93, New Gundam. Very beautiful, uh, iconic movie. Four, Gundam Thunderbolt. Was my favorite Gundam thing uh, before I did all this. Uh, Gundam Thunderbolt, really good. I feel like I've had a spill on this in the past, but watch Gundam Thunderbolt. Very good. Next is Gundam Origin, Char's, Red Comet, Char, whatever. I watched the Gundam, the anime series, not the compilation movies, which were the originals. Uh, pretty damn good. No, uh, number two is Gundam Stardust Memory. Nukes going off in space. Nuke missile launcher. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, number one, War in the Pocket. Christmas Gundam. You get to watch a little kid lose his innocence. It's amazing. It's my favorite Gundam thing of all time. Not because of that reasoning, but it's very good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I would say this is probably definitive uh, overall of rankings of all the Gundam I've watched, except with number two would be tied with 08th MS Team and Stardust Memory, because they're both yeah. fantastic. Uh, I would say if you're interested in Gundam at all, to start, uh, look at War in the Pocket, look at Stardust Memory, 08th MS Team, uh, Gundam Origin, any of those, it's a great place to start. That's my Gundam corner. I'm I went absolutely insane this year. I ha- I have so much more Gundam to watch. I got After War Gundam X. I'm watching right now. I got Gundam Wing. I got Gundam G Gundam, which was the weird uh, Mexico Gundam and Sobrero Sombrero Colony in it. Uh, and that you, got- you mean the Tequila Gundam? Cole, excuse you. The what? It's called the Tequila Gundam. <laughs> yes, the Tequila Gundam, and they got the I think the Mex the colony's called like Mexico Colony or something like that. Because the, because they're all like because like Neo Mexico because all the countries literally just zo- like zoomed up their borders and land into space and they're fighting a tournament to see who rules Earth for a year. It's absolutely insane. Basically, they make the Gundam series more shonen and like pe- okay. Also, I'm not big into Gundam. I mean, I, I appreciate it. But the, the fucking bullshit comes out every once in a while that just really worms into my fucking brain. The people who dog shit on Gundam, G Gundam, acting like it's the worst Gundam when fucking Gundam Seed is right there. Fuck off. I'm not gonna let you do this, Patrick. I'm not gonna let you do this. I'm sorry, Cole, but I, Gundam Seed made me stop watching Gundam. It was like the most boring Gundam I've ever watched. You haven't watched Gundam then, because let me tell you, OG Gundam was not great. Also, Victory Gundam, it was pretty boring, but when the action happened, it was pretty fun. I like the the kit. Yeah, Gundam Seed has some of my favorite designs as well. I love Gundam. You know this, I have hundreds of kits in my room. We're getting some sick kits too from that. I can't do this, Pat. Why do you bring up the hate for Gundam Seed? I thought you were going to say something like... Uh, but I will say I will fight in arm with anyone who supports SD Gundam. 
You know, I respect it. Like, the thing is, I respect it, anyone's decision when it comes to liking any of these Gundam series. Because they're pretty much all fun in the end. You're just having some fun. Uh, but we all know that the worst Gundam, or the most disappointing Gundam, F-91. Just should have been a series. Shouldn't have been a two-hour experience. Cole, I forgot to ask, what about Iron Blood Orphans? Where's that? Oh, fuck. Oh, damn. He has to redo mm. his entire list now. No, no. Uh, this is only seen in 2020 ranked. Uh, but Our Blooded Orphans probably two, not two, but two it's, or three. It's top yeah. five. It's, it, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I love Mikazuki and Barbatos. Yeah, because you have so many Barbatos kits, man. I'm going to buy every single one that comes out. Don't fucking get in my way. You know, it's so funny because he's like, he's like, he's so iffy. And then this fucker buys every barbatos like dude just say you love it it's okay no i love i'd never denied my love for iron blood no you're Orphans. denying it right now and i will not have this i, I said it's top five whatever all right i'll watch it again eventually it's 50 episodes let me watch everything else first and I, and i really hope someone can explain to me one day what the hell turn a gundam means turn a gundam all right pat i didn't mean right now okay pat cuz i could go into i haven't watched it but it's the ultimate timeline where it connects wing gundam g gundam every other gundam timeline connects into the moon gundam timeline where an alien race is on the moon and they come <laughs> down and they invade earth and there's mobile suits there's zaku's trapped in fossils and they release them from the fossils sid me did the designs i'm gonna go insane pat all right we gotta go my eyes just glazed over for a solid like five minutes no yeah i watched the film like roll over johnson's eyeball <laughs> colt tried to explain this to me um i mean he did and I have forgotten it, not because I wasn't listening, but because he just threw a lot of information at yeah, me. Yeah, it's just a lot. I do info dumps. That's my thing. I just, I like to read a lot on something, and, and then I throw it at you. And I'm pretty sure I was driving, too, so. Yeah. <laughs> so there's it's that. Like literally, Cole, I have to focus or we will both die. <laughs> Get into it. It's fun. I will say this. Gundam isn't the most exciting series. Uh, I will say that. I will not lie, but uh, I will say the top five on this list are definitely very exciting. I will say, because uh, we watched the Gundam movie um, Banter Weekend back in March, and probably the rest of us, or at least the other four of us, aren't super well-versed in Gundam, but we all had a good time watching it. Yeah, was that Thunderbolt? Yeah, that was Gundam Thunderbolt, December Sky. Which December Sky! Of the two. That was amazing. Yeah. I lumped them in together, because it's just Gundam Thunderbolt. Yeah. Fantastic. I love it. The animation's beautiful. It's got... Ah! Ah! I can't do this. We've already done Gundam episode. We'll do another one eventually. <laughs> this has been my corner. Uh, passing it back to you, Mike. Well, thank you for your uh, your, your Gundam segment. Uh, but I think that more or less wraps up anime for this year. We, uh, a lot of fine choices for 2020 that came out this year. Uh, but we're moving on to our next big big segment of the episode, and that will be Best Music of 2020 what's like the same we'll be discussing our favorite sort of musicians and albums and songs that dropped in the year 2020 anything and anything else that we just came across and listened to over the course of the year i'll go first now I, i'm not i don't have a i'm not the biggest music listener of course i do listen to music but i'm not 
I don't really exclusively follow artists. I have my favorites, but I'm not really catching. I'm not watching and waiting for the next thing to do. So if something new comes across on my uh, my list, I catch it and I, I I watch it and I listen and I enjoy it. Um, but just some of the few things that I listened to. There's a few albums that came out this year that I really was listening to. Um, a couple a couple of new ones I I got into this year as well. Let's see. Some of the new ones I discovered this uh, this year was Coin and um, their new album Dreamland, which came out back in February, and it has like a really chill vibe, and I would really appreciate it. this. I, I kind of ran into this one just sort of like on my random on Spotify, just sort of like the Spotify radio section. It sort of just takes what you listen to and it just gives you something similar, and it had a really just like a really easy going vibe. Uh, my favorite from the album is Let It All Out 1005. Uh, it's just, I, I put it in check. We always like to share music. Gold said it sounded like church music. Whatever. It's really chill, and I was vibing with it hardcore. It's a, it was a lot of fun. Um, another new one was, I think Cody may introduce him in the group, um, but Dominant Fike, uh, their album, yeah. What Could Possibly Go yeah. Wrong. I was really into it. Um, Chicken Tenders, it's a fucking bop. It's really yeah. good. That whole album's really good. Uh, Double Nothing and Weary, those are the other two songs from the album I like, but uh, Chicken Tenders, I, I played that one a lot. It was really good. It was, it was a good... And plus, it's just a good bit. Chicken Tenders yeah, in my hotel yeah. room. It's good. Well, I, I was listening to them last year. I was introduced to them by a friend, and I really got more into them this year. Um, Jay Balvin and um, Maluma. They're both like Latinx singers, and I've, I've got... I've, Jay Balvin's got a lot. Of, he's hugely popular. Um, with his music, it's very sad boy music. Like it's very in its, it's very <laughs> in its feelings, but it's like it's just really just sort of just fun to listen to. Maluma is really good. He has a he's, he just pumps out music. The, the one the one criticism I have about Maluma is that he has this sort of little thing he does with his music that's not really musical. I guess it's more so like flavor he adds to it. Basically, he's a very handsome man and he plays on that. So he has like these kind of like little like flirty little like whispery bits he puts it in in some of his songs and like kind of sounds corny so like you know he gets like kissy sounds or like you know like papi wancho just like just like little <laughs> silly stuff like if you're if, if you're that too late she you know great fine and wonderful to me it just sounds a little corny but uh his music's really cool he has a um like a little ep b-side thing he did with um j-lo two songs that 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 was really good potty I, I really did like those songs he, that, that um, crossover they did and um my album of the year call me basic but to me there's nothing else that comes close to me i played the shit out of it and that's lady gaga's chromatica fuck me i love chromatica so much it's like call me basic call me whatever you want but nothing else stops that in my book this year because I literally every song in the air is a fucking banger. Chromatica was fucking really good. Lady Gaga came back from her last album was uh, uh, Joanne. Uh, Joanne. Yeah. It was a very personal, very intimate album. This was all about her OG fun. Let's pop it, girls. And she popped it as hard as she could. Ah, uh, Chromatica was amazing. Like Plastic Doll, Dime One One, just like Sour Kid. Like there's just so like it just I just keep thinking if it wasn't for all the bullshit this year, we'd be out at the club with the crew, just fucking just dropping it low on the dance floor to Chromatica. We were just getting like 
going nuts to this song. Like, just imagine whenever the world is back in its proper place and we go out and we hear any one of the Chromatica songs draw out, the fucking roof's going to blow off. Like, I can't wait. And I literally, Gaga was like, three of her songs were my top five on my Spotify rap. Like, it's phenomenal. I, I love the, the, everything about this album. It's my favorite. Nothing else comes close. But uh, but that that's me. That's my music for the year. Feel free to take the reins. Because I, I only have five things here. I don't have much. Because I feel like I'll probably have... Eh, I'm probably second most then. I got number five, Eclipping's new album. He's a really good artist. He's kind of doing some experimental stuff that I'm really fucking with. What's yes. his new album? Visions of Bodies Being Burned! Visions of Bodies Being Burned. Oh, Woo! Candlestick in the Dark. Okay, it's really, really good. It's... Ah, it's very good. If you love to hear Hamilton, you'll <laughs> you'll love his music. Yeah, because he he uh he helped. Uh, he, he is in Hamilton. I don't know which historical figure he is. Yeah, he, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, he he do, he does. Um, well, shit. Now I gotta look it up because he, what is he? he. Ah, fuck. Um, you're making me nervous. <laughs> you're uh, making you nervous. You're making me nervous because I gotta look it up and I gotta make sure I get this right. Uh. His real name is David Diggs and um, Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson in, in the musical oh, okay. for Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. He, he's an actor. He's a rapper, singer, songwriter. He's really, dude's really talented. Um, even w- one of his songs even inspired a novel, which is crazy. I've heard great things about it. It's now I got to search this up too. I think it's called The Deep. Out of all the things he's done, I feel like. His name is Clipping. His group Clipping is overlooked due to Hamilton. I refuse to watch Hamilton because I don't want to watch didn't even, that. I didn't even know he was Hamilton until this year because we were, you know, me and Colt were talking about this album, and then we looked it up, and it was like, oh shit, he was in Hamilton, and. Yeah, the thing is, we're the opposite of everyone else. Everybody knows him for Hamilton. They're like, oh, shit, he's uh, he's an artist. He's a musician. Uh, but we were like, oh, shit, he's in Hamilton. I'm never watching it. Uh, I, I bet he did good. He yeah, yeah, did like, like I, I watched Hamilton. I was drunk as shit, but like <laughs> I, I still remember there there's some genuinely good performances in that production. However you fall on the spectrum of that discourse, valid which, whichever side, it's just there's some genuinely good stuff in it as Disney fight as they make history. I think he did a good job. Very solid performance. I'm I'm sure he did. He um he was in a mo- he was in Blind Spotting, which I heard was good. Uh he was in the, he's in the new uh Snowpiercer TV show. Yeah. <laughs> how do we how could we forget Snowpiercer? Oh my god. <laughs> and, and yeah, then that book I was also talking about is called The Deep by River Solomon. Rivers Solomon. So check that out if you want. I've heard good things. Um, but yeah, visions of bodies being burnt. It's just, it's just, oh my God, it's horrorcore. It's like, it's essentially the companion to his last, his album last year, which is, um, help me out here, Colt. I can't remember Winslow. I don't remember your name sometimes. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm looking that's not at true. it. There, I remember names, but I got don't it. ask me about There existed dates. an addiction to blood. Uh, that was also great. And it was it was horrorcore as well, but this one is just straight. He literally embraces it. It's just straight up horror from beginning to end, and it's fantastic. I man, it, it's something else. And I I I like Cole. I highly recommend it. It's really good. There are bangers on this album. Yeah, just to tell you how experimental his music can be. It's not all super experimental. 
His last album had 17 minutes or more of a piano being burned. Just the sounds of crackling yep. piano. Did I, did I love it? Kind of. But, uh, <laughs> it's music. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, number four for me, Lady Gaga. Chromatica, really good. We already know this. Uh, number three, number four from RTJ, Run the Jewels Oh, four. yeah, that's on my list, too. Yes. Oh, my God. I love Run the Jewels. They're mm, top three artists, I think. Maybe number two behind Gorillaz. I absolutely love Run the Jewels 4. I loved Run the Jewels 2, Run the Jewels 1, eh. And Run the Jewels 3 was a little better than Run the Jewels 1. But Run the Jewels 4, it's heavily competing with RTJ2. It's so good. And the way they dropped it, I was at work and I saw like, alright, we're hot dropping the album, it's 12 in the afternoon, here it is. And I was on my Spotify wrapped. It said that I was in the first 4,000 people to listen to RTJ4. Fuck, hell yeah. So I was there. I was hot dropping. I was Fortnite getting it. <laughs> hot dropped. Yeah, it, it came out two days before it was originally supposed to come out. Yeah. So that was like an amazing surprise. I will not lie. Uh, sometimes I'll just play Call of Duty Zombies and uh, I'll just have RTJ4 in the background. I do tear up a little because it's so damn good and it is a very emotional album there's a lot of stuff it's talked about in there that's it's very emotional yeah, stuff. It, yeah. you know it, it deals a lot with like what's happening in the world right now but also in the personal lives of you know the two uh rappers lp and killer mike yeah th- that's definitely this is definitely their most like personal and heavy album but it really is like uh with three and two it's a little bit more fun they have some very important serious issues they bring up oh yeah but it's also has a little bit of fun with three it's all about a heist or some kind of robbery number two uh i don't really know the theme number one i don't really know because it's my least favorite but this one oh very serious very heavy it didn't really have as much silliness going on with it oh man but that's my fa- third favorite album of the year it's it's very um Art- I'm trying to think of the word because, you know, with a song like uh, uh, Just, where the S is replaced with a dollar sign, uh, it's very, and and, and, a lot, and pretty much all of them, almost all of them, they're very, um, not sar- maybe not sarcastic, but they're kind of like, they're kind of like in your face, kind of like mocking kind of what's, especially with what's been happening and um, maybe abrasive. I, 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 it's not, it's not coming to me right now, but like, it, you know, a lot of, a lot of the lyrics are really just well done like shit it's a lot of like god that's a gut punch jesus yeah like uh on the i think it's the last track he talk he oh i mm, <laughs> it's just very heavy shit uh the way l talks to his sister in the song really fucked me up when i was in the middle of call of duty i was i because i I sometimes will just have music on the background, not paying attention to the lyrics because my brain's on autopilot. I'm playing Call of Duty. But I was focusing in on the lyrics for, I think, the first time. And, like, he brought up that part about his sister, which was a tiny bit. Like, you say, I'm sorry you were hurt. Yeah. It fucking hurt me bad. No, every... I, I had to pause. Every time I play this song, it's a few words for the firing squad. Every time I play this song, I listen to it because I, I really like the ending, which is, you know, Yankee in the brave, 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 that part. But, like, 
the part where they're like really laying down the shit and he says sarah i'm so sorry that you were i'm so sorry sister you were hurt or like you said that part i'm like oh man like that hits like like i said the like if you because i remember the uh when everybody got around to listen to it cody really started like putting back in the lyrics in our chat and like you know uh throwing them back out at us and damn 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 so fucking good absolutely love it oh, all right number two number two is a very close to number one these two albums are fantastic i added every single one including rtj4 uh all these tracks were added to my favorites which number two was the strokes new album the new abnormal i absolutely fucking love this album fuck julian casablanca's you something about his voice i really enjoy his voice and the way his music sounds no no i was gonna say he's a weird motherfucker but goddamn he, he is very weird i will not lie there but knows how to make good music uh number one bring me the horizons post-human survival horror is the best album of the year and probably their ba- best album ever it's absolutely amazing. They got Baby Metal to do a track with them. And I fucking love Baby Metal. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much my list. Bring Me Horizon's perfect. Strokes New Album's perfect. RGA4 is perfect. Lady Gaga had like two songs that I didn't care for. Clipping had two or three songs I didn't care for. Uh, but yeah, that's my music 2020 list. I don't know if it's okay for me to go. Is that Would that be okay? Because there's a kind of overlap right now with what Colt has. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, his number one is being post-human survival horror. I got to talk about it. He he dropped it. He was like, he was like, hey, this is really good. And I was like, I was like, okay, I don't really listen to the Bring Me the Horizon, so I'll check this out. Checked it out. I literally sent a message saying, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, from beginning to end, it's just hardcore, just punch in your face, just pump up, just really, really tight. Hear, hear this, hear this. The sky is falling. It's fucking boring. I'm going brain dead. Isolation. God is a shithead. And we're his rejects? Is that what he says? Yeah, that's what he says. And fuck, that was good, man. That that it, it is so good. I mean, I kid like I kid you not. Like I, I you know, uh, they even threw a track on there from uh, their work that they did, the song they did for Death Stranding, which is Ludens. Ludens also banger song. It fits per- it fits God, perfectly so into good. this too because this album is pretty much just them kind of like there. There's a lot. It's horror. It, 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 it's a it, horror, it's horror albums, album. but all or it's a horror album, but also it's a lot of references to like video games, uh, especially. Oh, Dear yeah. Diary and Parasite Eve, those are direct references to um, Resident Evil. Resident Evil, and they are fantastic. Just those those two songs to start off the beginning, and then you got like that, like you said, that um, that baby metal song, Kingslayer, and then the song preceding that, Itch for the Cure. Yeah, that one is really good. Um, Young Blood is on Obey, which is really good. Uh, it, it's a, I mean, like I'm I'm looking at my sheet right now, um, or my doc right now i have literally every song added to my spotify playlist i love it it was fantastic it was a good album and i've never listened to bring me the horizon but holy shit (laughs) this was amazing i'm telling you if you like this album check out their older stuff especially the 2012 album i can't remember its name but shadow moses uh fucking throw me to the wolves whatever can't remember the actual names but it's it's full fucking hype their music gets me hype as shit and uh this is definitely my hype music yeah for sure this is total hype um so i i guess i'll go into my list uh i have like um i think eight albums i'm looking at right now 
no really particular order because a lot of them I have rated as 10 out of 10 and then they're just all they're all really good and I have song, tons of songs added but I'll go with this first one uh, I Disagree by Poppy it is sludge sludge pop that sounds bad but it's not it's really fucking good it's not it's real it, it, it's like it's like literally somebody who listens to too much baby metal Poppy is like like really really defined herself with this out like man it it was just it, it started off the year really really well and it was really fucking good it, it's it's heavy it's hard like i said it's sludge pop really good recommend it um dreamland like last animals you know i i gush and love this album so much and i love glass animals and this originally was supposed to come out on my birthday but they pushed it for very good reasons and um the wait was you know worth it because goddamn <laughs> i i added pretty much every song except for the um little home video interludes or whatever but other than that it's it's just it's amazing i i recommend it it's like um cody describes it perfectly in our chat about their albums which all their albums kind of represent summer but like different kinds of summer like the first one zaba very sweaty um stinky tropical uh <laughs> the second one, um, how to be a human being, kind of dry, uh, kind of like a like a road trip, I guess is vibe. I can't remember exactly what he says. Cody does a real good, did a real good job. And then this one is like nostalgic, which that was kind of the whole thing with this album being in nostalgia and kind of breaking certain um, mindsets and stuff like that. It's very good. I recommend. I recommend Glass Animals wholeheartedly. I wish we could go see another one of their concerts. Yeah, maybe we'll be able to see their concert in three years. Three, yeah, maybe. Already talked about RTJ4. You know it. It's fucking fantastic. Already talked about Visions of Bodies Being Burned, uh, Post-Human Survival Horror. So I got um, this other this other one it was a uh, um, I've heard a little bit of her work with um, Oblivion Community Center I think is what her band is um, I gotta look it up real quick but th- this album is her her own and it's Phoebe Bridgers Punisher and uh, I was really surprised by how good this was um, it's kind of country but it's definitely kind of you're getting kind of folk uh, country influences uh, I, I saw somewhere where it was like Americana. Yeah, she was with Better Oblivion Community Center. This album was very... Uh, I, I need to look more into it. It, it was definitely very somber, quiet, um, really sad. I I can't get enough of the first song, which is Garden Song. It like gets tears in my eye. It's just... It's so good. Um, I really, really recommend this album and its aesthetic. Really enjoyed it. Another one, a classic band a lot of us love here. Colt mentioned them. ACDC. Cut the podcast. We're done. <laughs> no, stop it right now. Wow. I'm not getting ACDC. ACDC will never, ever, ever get a spot on this podcast. As long as I'm alive, it will never get a spot on. Oh, never. <laughs> you won't have to worry about that. One, no. <laughs> um, no, the the band I'm talking about is Gorillaz. Uh, you know, and it's so funny because it, it, me and Colt are on two different spectrums of this album. It's Song Machine Season 1, Strange Times. When this album came out, yes, every I, I think I added almost every song to my playlist because, goddamn, it is amazing. You know, Gorillaz has been dropping singles from this for this album all throughout the year and they've just been banger after banger after banger not not banger as in like head banging or really hard there's a song in there like um desolé which is very sad beautiful music really just good like collaborations with all these different artists i mean you have jpeg mafia 
Unknown Mortal Orchestra, St. Vincent. Beautiful. It completely threw me off. I was like, holy crap, these are all of my favorite artists, and they're working with gorillas. This is insane. And all the songs were fantastic. I really, really like this. And if you really like gorillas, I, I, I give this the highest recommendation. This is one of my fa- one of my favorite of their albums. It's really good. As a gorillas fan, I just want to go ahead and throw out my opinion on this album because gorillas is my favorite band. I love gorillas. This is my least favorite gorillas album post their comeback, post a melancholy hill. I or Plastic Beach. It was good. It had some really good songs. I think a lot of the singles they released were their best songs. But when they finally did the full release, I didn't care for a lot of them. It's a good album, but mm, I I was a little sad when it dropped because I was hoping I'd like more of it. Cool. I remember you mentioning specifically how kind of awkward the Elton John feature song was. Yeah, I can tell you what was so awkward about it is that uh. Elton John part was pretty damn good. Uh, the one thing I didn't like was uh, the artist Six Lack, which is black. His part doesn't really mesh well with Elton John. It's auto-tuned singing that I don't like at all. Like his, I do like some of his music. It's just that he does not mesh well with Elton John. Uh, no, you're right. Uh. Do they not just say his name is Black? I think it is Black, but it's, it's six lakh. The B is a six. Because if he said just Black and you didn't know, he's like, I've never heard of an artist called Black. He's like, six yeah. lakh stylized as Black. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was I, I would agree with Cole. That was like that song and a song um, featuring a guy, uh, Octavian. Those were the only two songs I didn't add to my playlist. Um octavians it wasn't bad it was just kind of on the lower end and that song uh the one with elton john was like my least favorite song uh just because like you said black black's part doesn't just doesn't fit in there just it's really weird like really awkward other than that the album for me is just uh, a huge hit uh, one of the best this year. If you check out any of the tracks, check out Desolate. If you check out, I I can recommend you them. Uh, Valley of the Pagans, Desolate, Momentary Bliss, Pac Man. Uh, I was thinking single track. Just uh, just yeah, okay, just saying. But anyway, moving on. There was uh there was actually let me see something real quick. Uh, there was actually one more album, but it's not on my top top favorite. But it was one of my favorites. Uh, I got to talk about, but. Or two. Um, my la- my last one that like I have in my top top top, but it doesn't matter. Is Alphaville by Imperial Triumphant. Imperial Triumphant was one that really caught me off guard because I listened to their album last year, the year before. I think it was 2018. I can't remember, but I didn't like it. It was just a lot of noise. Didn't do anything for me. But this, I really, really enjoyed. I like it's like another album where I've added every song, and I mean, they're not there's not that many songs on it anyway. But like, it's you're this is like avant garde jazz metal. It's it really caught me off guard. It's really, really good, and um, I really like the themes of it. It get me some huge like uh, dystopia metropolis vibes. Um, you know, if you if you want to listen to something experimental. And like, and also another thing too. Uh, each track they they really change it up with their instrumentals. It's really fucking good. Um, if you want something really experimental, I'd say give this a go. Really good. And then another ones that aren't like I actually have a scoring system. Um, those ones I mentioned were like all nines or tens. These ones are eight. There's two of them. Uh, Unlocked by Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats was a 
album I really, really enjoyed from them. It was, it was short and sweet, really nice. I just wish it was a little longer. Um, the Long Goodbye by Riz Ahmed. That one, it was really good. It was just, uh, it was kind of a tough sale because he, it, the whole album was kind of like him comparing um, Brexit to like a bad breakup, but it, it worked. It was really good. And then um, Stroke's new album was fantastic as well. Yeah, that's, um, I thought that's all I have for music. I, I want to listen to some more albums because we still got, uh, at the time we're recording this, we'll still got several days left of the year. So I definitely want to listen to some more and then, you know, probably change up my list towards the end when this releases. Hell yeah. I got a few albums like, uh, like Colt mentioned and Wenzel run the jewels for not going to beat that dead horse. Really fucking great album. Sort of my, these are not in any particular order. My sort of basic bitch one album was I really like the weekend's new album that came out this year after hours. Oh shit, that did come out this year. Oh damn. Oh shit, that did come out. Yeah. That was a really good album. <laughs> Dude, that album was crazy good. And I haven't listened to this album, but goddamn, I love Blinding Lights, man. I can't get enough of that song. Yeah, it came out in like March, like right as the pandemic was happening. In in, in this yeah, and, and like, I'm usually not one for like 80s throwbacks, but I don't know, just the songwriting, the, those little synths fucking gets me hard. I really dug it. I still know. go wild for Starboy. <laughs> oh my God. I it, played that one like nuts this year. Don't yeah, it, and, and like, 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 I like The Weeknd all right, like, but I would never go out of my way to listen to him, but then like this album, I'm like, fucking shit, this was... A fucking banger. Did y'all hear the rumor that he might be doing the uh, halftime show at the Super Bowl next year? No. Okay. Oh, that would be that, wow. That, that's a, that's a strong rumor. All I know is it's going to be horny as hell because the weekend is just horny. <laughs> <laughs> that he is. Um, uh, this is an album, but uh, a band I used to listen to a while ago, but uh, sort of fall off with was this deathcore band called A Legion. They did a a um, a cover of Yes's Roundabout. Okay. And if you don't, and if you don't know that song, it's the the part one JoJo the yeah the bass line that everyone knows from the two yeah. continue. And then nobody realized the song is fucking eight minutes long. Oh, and it's fucking great. It's really and, good. And, and, yeah, and then this version's really fucking good. I really enjoy it. Uh, it <laughs> like because uh, Liz showed it to me, and I was like. Yeah, man, I remember this band, and and then when they did the cover, I was like, "Oh shit, this is actually surprising that they would do this." Uh, Code Orange's new album, Underneath, was really fucking good. It's this really cool like metalcore stuff. Uh, has this like these weird glitchy moments in it, which was really cool. Like there were there were a couple times where I was like, "Oh shit, is my phone is my Spotify fucking <laughs> up?" Oh, it's just the the album so yeah like if you're into that sort of thing i highly recommend that um this one's also not an album but system of a down made a comeback this year yeah and that with two new songs uh i don't have them offhand but uh <laughs> it could just be that you know i'm like just deprived of system of a down but like i thought they were pretty good um, it's real fucking good. Surge came out of that weird retirement for of movie soundtracks to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 
they're all like different side projects and solo careers. And hopefully the drummer stops being a fucking MAGA chud. Which I, which I don't understand because the, all their music is like, like Rage Against the Machine levels of left. I, 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 I just don't. That that's a fucking rant for another time. But yeah, System every time of Down, System of Down gets brought up, I all I can think of is Surge took to uh, Surge his Surge solo tanking. tanking. Yeah, his solo career. Uh, the sky is over. I can't get that out of my head. It's going to be in my head for the next few hours. <laughs> oh my God. I remember when that album came out and that like fuse TV just played that in empty walls on repeat. It's not bad. It's just, ah, it's repetitive. And, and then when you hear it all the time, Thundercat came out with an album this year. Yep. That was really fucking good. Yes, it is what it is. It is what it the, is. Like, he he's an artist I've been really getting into because I've been starting to get into more just like not only just like classic jazz but also modern stuff, and he is just like a fucking killer bassist. Like you see this dude yeah. go fucking nuts. He's also funny really dude. funny on Twitter. He does do some wild. <laughs> oh, he's shit. fucking hilarious. I I mean, and his music's fucking hilarious too. Like Dragon Ball Do Rag is like fucking hilarious. That's true. Oh yeah, but it, it's such a fucking bop. And then, uh, lastly, for a band band from this year, uh, is a band called Undeath, which is they're kind of like a th- they're kind of like a throwback to like late eighties, early nineties classic death metal with their album uh, Lesions of a Different Kind. And God, is this album just fucking sick, brutal. If you're into that shit, I highly recommend it. They got a song. What what was the name of the home? Let me find it on my Spotify right quick. It's just like the most metal fucking song names. Uh, Kicked in the Protruding Guts. Okay. Suitably Hacked to Gore. Yeah, this is metal right here. <laughs> Chained to a reeking, rotting body. It it sounds like <laughs> a censored versions of Cannibal Corpse songs. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say it's giving me some Cannibal Corpse energy. Yeah, because and, and, Cannibal and, Corpse I, is like testicle smashed with bitch ass handsaw or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's like fucked with a knife, like. I think there's like one song that's called like Entrails Pulled Through a Virgin's Cunt or something yeah. like that. It's, it's like uh, <laughs> it's, it's just a bit. We we all we all try to th- think of a uh, make up a Cannibal Quartz song title. <laughs> that's a good bit though, Pat. Holy shit, J- Wenzel, you can do it. It's simple. Just think of a terrible act, but then add something weird with it. Uh, I I got one. Uh, Cunnilingus with a cheese grater. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, that's basically the album art for Tomb of the Mutilated. I'm, I'm getting teary-eyed. Are you crying? No, I'm not crying. <laughs> Wizzle's crying. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's touched. No, because it's such... I, I get I get really emotional for weird coincidences, coincidences. I don't know why. It's something my body reacts to. Um, because that... that well, I'll talk about it later. I read something that was so fucking disgusting, and I loved it. But I, I will say this. I will say this. Um, Did you read a story about somebody's pussy going in a cheese grater? 
<laughs> no, 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 no. No, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Cannibal Corpse song right now. Uh, Slaughterhouse, uh, Cow Fuck Session. Yeah, there you go. I'll throw in another one. Cow Clitoris Cut in Half by Katana. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Uh, yeah, it, yes. I mean, ba- basically that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's very old school, like, more of that brutal cannibal corpse style death metal. Uh, so I'd probably fucking hate it. Oh, yeah, it. you'd probably fucking hate it. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, like, the production's a lot cleaner than those, like, because, like, those late 80s, especially the late 80s albums from, like, Morbid Angel and all those bands. Yeah. And Death and all, like, God, production... Not that great, but the production's really clean. The band's really tight. Super sick. That's all the the 2020 music I have. Okay. That's that's interesting because I, I was going to say um, Imperial Triumphant, when I first heard them, uh, I didn't like the out. I didn't like the album just because it was just it just seemed like a lot of noise that was just mashing together. You know, it just it did it just it the production just didn't sound good. But for their newest album this year that came out this year, really solid production. Like you can uh, discern a lot of the uh, sounds in there. So that, that's that's interesting. I'll definitely want have to check that out. Um, and just like, <laughs> and I feel like I've had that that sort of experience with a lot of extreme metal. Because I remember, like, growing up, you know, listening to, you know, what it, you know whatever band I was listening to at the time, I'd find some, like, harder shit. I'd be like, this fucking sucks. Why, why do people listen to this? And then, like, two to five years later, that band will be my favorite band. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's kind of like, uh, well, to be honest, I, I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, it kind of, like, when I first heard them, I liked them instantly. I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of Death Grips, you know? Like, because it's so... Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like, I remember listening to the Money Store for the first time and just being like, I don't like this. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, there was something about it that really just brought me back to it. And then I, I took a trip to New York a few years ago and, and that was just I basically all I listened to was death grips and it was something about being in like just dirty ass New York just a chaos of New and, and, York and just like death grips if it's anywhere it's New York just listen like like I don't know it's just fucking great I break mirrors with my face in the United States. Hey, states, yes. Oh God, Jenny Death is so good. But I'm also getting flashbacks when we watch Midnight Cowboy today and just how fucking disgusting New York is. It's still <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> yep. Oh, it, 1970s New York was a goddamn apocalypse wasteland. Yeah, just yeah. watch like Midnight Cowboy or The Warriors. That's basically how New York is. Like, I feel like every time we got back to our hotel, I just had to spend like 15 minutes scrubbing my hands from just like, I don't know if I touched something on the subway sort of thing. Like, no offense to our big city uh, living folks, like New York listeners, wherever the hell you are. I feel like they'd probably agree. (laughs) I mean, people, they say they love New York for New Yorkers, but like, I can't Where would people go? Where do people without bodegas go, Pat? Where do you go to get Coca-Cola, some Mentos, and some toilet paper? Nowhere else but a bodega. Dollar General. Why, why, 
why the fuck did he just turn into like a fucking southern crack addict? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was channeling a New Yorker, and that came out. <laughs> the only reason I like Bodega is for uh, the uh, the Twitter account Bodega Cats. That's a good account. <laughs> oh, that's a good account. Yeah. Um, I, I I was just gonna say something else a little more about music. Um, there was actually a song that I didn't check out until recently that I love and I can't stop listening to, and um. The music video that goes along with it is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Sick of Being Honest by Milkblood. Holy shit, I cannot get enough of that. And the music video, man. Trevor Henderson's Monster is just fantastic. And Casey Fry doing the dancing for that is just incredible. We all musicked out, boys. I believe so. We all musicked. We musicked in ourselves. Good music, everybody. Good music. Got, got a lot of good uh, things to listen to from AYCH Recommendations. Uh, before we go to our next big topic, we'll go to one of our smaller ones, and we'll be discussing um, distant turn, whatever comes to mind, our most anticipated things for 2021. I'm going last. All right, what are we all looking forward to next year, outside of finally escaping our homes and interacting with human beings again? I, I wouldn't hold that's, my breath on that's that. Just, the thing is, Pat, I'm looking forward to escaping. I want out of this rat room. I want to go outside and eat cheese. I want to eat cheese. I put outside. In a very nice place. And have fun eating that cheese and being happy because I'm with my friends eating very nice cheese. And then <laughs> I get to give them handshakes and I get to be happy again. And then we get to cough in each other's faces. Yes. <laughs> Me and the boys, when we're finally out of court, just, <laughs> just like spewing uh, glitter coughs at his feet. Hey, uh, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the good old piss hand joke that I could do. You can't do the piss hand joke anymore. Like, you can't, like, you know the piss hand joke where you go to the bathroom and you say, oh, I forgot to wash my hands, and you really washed your hands. And then you rub them on your friend, and they're all wet, and they're like, oh, my God, did you get piss on me? And you're like, no, I washed my hands. <laughs> but you're... But did I? But I'd actually piss on my hands. Man, can't do it anymore. Yeah, you just didn't dry them. Yeah, that's the joke. <laughs> uh, good sir, uh, may I use your bathroom? Jesus fucking Christ. Watch yeah. Tim Robinson's episode of the characters. That's a bit just for us. Just for us, right, guys? Like, all the things I'm anticipating, I don't know when they're going to drop. Like, uh, Gundam, uh, fuck, Gundam Hathaway's Flash. I've been wanting to watch that movie. It was supposed to come out this summer in Japan. Hathaway's Flash. But now Flash. it's going to be released sometime next year. Same thing with uh, Evangelion 4.0, or... Uh, 3.0 plus 1.0. Yeah. Why are they doing this? It shouldn't be this complicated. That's some heart shit. It's okay. It's 1.0 plus 3.0. <laughs> it really is Kingdom Hearts bullshit, and I love that stuff, but at the same time, I hate it. Like movies, uh, video I, games. I, I, I don't me. get it. All that stuff up in the air. No guarantees. We're all fucked, and we're going deeper into the fuck hole with people parading around. Target saying, off with masks. I will not be oppressed with this stinky little mask. Fuck you. Stinky bitch. I hate you. 
we could have we could have been having the, the banging this ass twenty twenty if people just got their goddamn head on. Oh, all the big holidays they were on the fucking weekend and we could have just turned all the way up. But then no, we had to get here drunk in our house instead of drunk in the street. I only saw I saw Jonathan and Pat for the first time in ten months after everyone in our group made sure we had COVID tested quarantined and make sure we were all good to go i saw him for the first time in 10 fucking months for 12 hours and i probably won't see them again for another 10 months because of this bullshit so thank you again uh you guys maga trump supporting mother let me out of this house let me go eat cheese bitch Bitch, rat, stu- just, stupid, let dirty. Let the man rat. eat the fucking cheese. Uh, great ideas for for a boys' pick. We all uh, are, are cozily around one wheel of cheese, eating it at the same time, looking at the camera. All right, great bit. Write it down. <laughs> TM, TM, TM. <laughs> That's a good, okay. Uh, <laughs> I have some stuff I'm uh, anticipating. Uh, Far Cry Six comes out February 18th. Really excited for that. I am excited for that, but I'm thinking it might get delayed. Probably, Ooh, yeah. but I'm just going off as what we can get. Uh, Deathloop, May 21, 21st. Yeah. Little Nightmares 2, February 11th. I'm excited to try that co-op. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Near Replicant, April 23rd. Um, Gonna go hard. Get that Yoga Tara Madness. Uh, Halo Infinite, supposedly come out in the fall. I wouldn't hold that. Let him have let, this. Let the man dream. Cole, let me let me be excited for something. Come on. <laughs> um, and, you know, and the thing is, too, is, like, also, uh, besides video games, you know, I have some other things. Those actually have dates or areas. Um, My Hero Academia Season 5, supposedly coming... Um, the spring, hopefully. Really excited for that. Uh, also, the third My Hero movie coming this summer, I think. Already? Yeah, it, it said 2021, so yeah. I'm going to be honest, I don't know how they taught My Hero movie, too, because that final sequence, fuck. I don't know. I don't know. And, like, and it was insane. we get the Three Musketeers now, which is full-on Bakugo, Deku, uh, and Todoroki. Like, it's fucking crazy. It's gonna be the Mission Impossible, but <sighs> so many, here. so many theories. I love it. Um, Chainsaw Man anime. We're supposed to be getting that n- next year. Really hoping it. It's you know. I hope it's. I hope it's uh, traditional animation. Yeah, I hope it's not three D CG. But if it is, do it like Dora Hidoro. Yeah, does it look? Yeah, good. I'll, I'll I'll take it. Um. Oh yeah, for also I actually forgot another game up. Uh, Resident Evil Village. Really excited for that. Resident Evil Eight, baby. That's gonna be fun. I'm so excited for Chris Redfield to break in my house and kill my wife in front of me. <laughs> it's gonna be so good. I'm so excited for Chris Redfield to punch a boulder again. Chris Redfield. If he doesn't punch a boulder at a. Um, I'm gonna ask for my money back. I hope there's a scene where he. Uh, begs me to at least talk to his sister to maybe torch her. <laughs> Does, do, have we talked about this bit before? We have talked about yeah, it. Yeah, you, you talked about this bit before. Okay, okay, because Colt, Colt, I keep forgetting it's a thing. Colt will be playing a game and Colt will just be like, hey, hey, I'm Chris Redfield. Can you fuck my sister, please? <laughs> and I'm like, what? It's good. I love it's it. It's a meme. I'm not going insane. I'm not going stir crazy because I haven't little, left the house except for work. stir crazy. <laughs> I'm, I am going stir crazy. I swear to God. I just don't know what time is anymore. Time has no effect on us. 
to be honest. And that's okay because I will become a god. Uh, anyway, uh, a game I will constantly reference because I want it to come out so bad and I hope it doesn't die is Atomic Heart. Please. Because I remember I was so excited for a game called Routine. Never came out. It's a dead project. This, it, 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 they've been releasing stuff, and I really, really, really hope it comes out. Please, God, please. Um, and Another and, good thing about it is uh, the music's being done by Mick Gordon, the person yep. who did uh, Doom, Doom Eternal and Doom. Yep. Except Doom Eternal's iffy. There's weird stuff. But he did original Doom. Yes. So... That's exciting. And then beyond that, we have some movies because fuck you again, Trump, MAGA, all you bullshit motherfucking rats. How about this? Make... Took that away. Uh, suck my nuts. How about that? Put that on a hat. Took that away from us. Anyway, we got a date. I can't remember what it was. It's summer for the Green Knight. I, I'm not... That is not solid in my head anymore. Mm-mm. You know, I've given up, so it's fine. Uh, I just want to see it someday. Uh, Saint Maud, uh, really want to see that. Uh, Antlers, really want to see Antlers, but that's been delayed indefinitely. Who knows? Um, we are, but uh, physical releases, you know, got some Gunpla coming out, which is cool. Um, real grade. Neo, Neo no, Zeong. not Neo Zhong. That's the big ass bitch. That's the Nanju pilots in Gundam Unicorn and in Gundam Narrative. <sighs> oh my god, real We're talking oh my the Zhong. Get- oh my god. Oh my god. Suck my nuts. I, I'm not convinced any of them said their words just then. No, they said words. I just don't know if put together they actually mean anything. <laughs> it, it might as well have been gibberish. Anyway, it's a real grade and we're both excited for it. Fuck you, Colt. It yeah. looks beautiful. I'm very excited for it. And another physical thing is we're getting Criterion Collections Crash, which is a movie based off of a novel by J.G. Ballard. I've heard good things. It was directed by Cronenberg. Yes, Cronenberg. I'm fairly certain. Uh, okay, I was like, he's not talking about the 2005 Crash, is he? And then and it was like, oh, is is that the one with uh, Hardy? No, no, no. Crash was this. Was the mo- is infamous for the wor- probably the worst o- best picture winner at the Oscars in two thousand five. It, it apparently it's it's bad. Yeah, no the the crash I'm talking about is from nineteen ninety six, directed by David Crow. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy from my hearing. Criterion's doing uh, its special treatment for it, and then also uh, whenever they announced. Uh, some movies from last year that got the criterion. There was like a, there's like four. It was the Irishman, Parasite, uh, Marriage Story, and then another one called Atlantics. And um, that was available, I think, on Netflix. But then it was taken off. So now you can't find it anywhere. But Criterion said, hey, it's getting a physical Criterion version. So I'm still holding out for that. I'm really excited for that as well. I think that's everything I have for being anticipated for. Um, also, real grade Ava 08. I need that little pink bastard. I have every single real grade Ava. Might as well cover it. Real grade Avas. I fucking love them, dude. They're amazing. They're some of the best kits you can get. That's all it. That's all my thing from the real grade Avas. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Uh, I. That's all I anticipated for. Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath because if, if I do, I'll die. Um, probably none of this stuff is going to come out. I don't know. Hope for the best. Expect the worst. Uh, most of mine, most of mine are movies. Um, one of my big movies I want, I want to see. I guess I wish I had 
and just keep up with all the movies they rescheduled for 2021. Basically, but just like um, like Candyman and Dune, like like big movies that are supposed to come out this year that rescheduled next year. Just hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, uh, hopefully. I'm hoping Dune comes on HBO Max. Unless Christopher Nolan breaks into my house and stops me from watching it, I will watch it on HBO Max. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, that's going to be fun. Green Knight, of course, because that was one of like the uh, Andy movies we were both, all of us, really excited about. Um, I'm really, I really want to check out the Demon Slayer movie that came out this year that just shattered Japanese box office records. Yeah, you gotta watch the anime first, Wenzel. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I, I, there's literally nothing about this movie except for a single like still image, but it's still slated for a 2021 release. Hopefully, just knowing Hideaki Anno, who the fuck knows if it'll actually happen, but his Shin Ultraman movie, basically, it'll be doing like a a sort of reinvigor like a reinterpretation of Ultraman in the same fashion that he did Godzilla with Shin Godzilla, and because Ultraman had had just like a fucking a phenomenal year with it, this I'll I'll get into it in the Lad's Joy segment. But I'm very excited to stay, uh, find out what he does with um, Shin Ultraman. Shin Godzilla, a great movie. Definitely check it out. Some of the craziest kaiju action in it, but also like some of the, some real fucking frustrations with how humans can be, especially fucking bureaucracy and the government. So I'm, I'm really interested in catching that. I have some bad news for you, Pat. I don't think that's going to come out anytime soon, considering <laughs> it's Hideaki Anno. I mean, I, I know that, but like, uh, let Fingers me crossed. let me foolishly wish. I yeah. mean, I mean, hell, Evangelion four point six two five eight over three days. <laughs> One point zero plus three point zero, Pat. It's simple math. It's this is only coming out now. So and it took three point came out in twenty twelve. Then Godzilla came out in twenty sixteen. And now this one's out in 2021. It's supposed to come out last year. No, wait. It's not supposed to come out last year. It's supposed to come out this year. I forgot. It's still 2020. I don't expect that movie till 2026 at the earliest. You know, it's sorry. I was just going to say it's funny because I've been uh, I've still been getting it wrong. It's 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time. And then you got the 1.11 for other things. I don't know what you're doing, Hideaki Anno. I don't know math. Do something simple. Yeah, and also, when you're having a depressive episode, just take some time off. Don't continue to make your thing when your brain is literally oozing out of your ears. Okay, I'm sorry. Please, take Mental a break. Mental health, self-care. I, I love your work. I don't want you to go the route of Satoshi Kon, even though you are older than him. I just don't want you to die. I want you to live forever. Uh, I, I think that's sort of the heads and tails of my uh, most anticipated for 2021. Don, do you have something you're looking forward to for next year? <laughs> yeah, so we can yell, be sad. Okay, the I'm a simple person. I only got one thing I'm really excited for. Okay. And it's going to happen pretty early in the year. Trump fucking leaving office. Oh, oh, yeah? That's my most anticipated thing. Suck my ass, you stupid fat motherfucker. But yeah, fuck Trump. Fuck the Proud Boys. Fuck MAGA. All right. So we had we had a little break from our from our bigger discussions. I guess now it's time to dive back into that. 
And one our next big award, we're talking about the best video games of 2020. Now, I'm going to sort of hand over this uh, part of the show to the to the rest of the boys because I've only really played one game, and that is Animal Crossing. I had a great time. It was light and it's fun, but there's obviously a lot more games that came out beyond that. So I'm going to relinquish that and let the next one take over. All right. This year has been a pretty damn good year for video games. It was the final year for last-gen the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox Ones, they're gone. They're dead. Taken out back and shot by Microsoft and Sony. And they also, in 2020, gave birth to the beautiful consoles known as the Xbox Series X, not S, yep. and the PlayStation 5. Both beautiful, powerful consoles. PlayStation 5 sexier, but they're both beautiful. The games that we got this year, I'm just going to go ahead and give my top five and a little bit of reasoning, and then I'll have some extra games to go down the road. I've played a fuck ton of games this year. I've put probably more hours into video games this year than any other year, uh, due to obvious reasons, COVID. And uh, it's been a good way to just lose time and forget about it all for a little bit at a time, a few hours at a time. Uh, number five, my fifth favorite game of the year, is Resident Evil 3 Remake. It's a really, really fun game. Uh, I breezed through it in like three hours, or three to five hours, and it was still super fun. Uh, it was a $60 game, which I was a little weird about, but uh, I still enjoyed my time with it. It's a great game. Uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake is better. But it's still really good. Uh, number four, Astro's Playroom, which is essentially a demo for the PlayStation 5 uh, to show off the DualShock, not DualShock, DualSense, and uh, just the history of PlayStation. It had Easter eggs from every single PlayStation series you can think of, even the obscure ones that you think, wow, I thought Sony just forgot about that, or something like that. They also have uh, like controllers, relics, and themed levels. Uh, like uh, just going to the PlayStation Three world, where at the very end you get your PlayStation Three relic. Just hearing that home menu music made me very nostalgic and uh, very just like remembering being a little kid, getting my PlayStation Three for Christmas, and playing uh, Soul Calibur Four. And then that continues into the PlayStation 4 world, which I was weirdly nostalgic for as well. It's only seven years ago. I said that to myself, thinking, oh shit, this is seven years ago. PlayStation 4 came out in 2013, so it's had enough time to just sit in my brain and make me really emotional hearing that PlayStation 4 home menu. Uh, third favorite game, Ghost of Tsushima. Fantastic game. Uh, it's gameplay loops, very good. I uh, don't want to say too much about its story, because... Spoilers. Uh, f- second favorite game of the year, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, that, that, that's, like, the only game on my list, and... Got yeah. It. This is the game that Jonathan and I were very much so looking forward to. Jonathan more so, because he is a Final Fantasy lover. He loves oh, that yeah. shit. And, and God... Th- and God, 
FF7 remake was so good up until the last 30 minutes. And it doesn't ruin the rest of the game, but fuck does that last 30 minutes just fucking blow. I don't understand your hate for the last 30 minutes, Jonathan. I just don't. I think it's very good. And the fact that uh, it's leading into the second part, it has me more curious. It was a very good setup in my eyes to just to see the rest of uh, uh, Midgar. Just the rest of world. But like... Yes. The thing is, is like, it's not that it's different because if... I'm all for changing things up and it being different, as long as it's interesting. But you take a game that has these really awesome themes about life and death and just like human connections and blah, 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 and just reduce it down to this very like bland destiny slash meta thing. That's just at least and this is just me. But I just, I was completely bored. With, it was like, because like, I, I, I kind of called it like a halfway through because there's like hints of where it's leading to. And then I'm like, you know, it'd be kind of funny if they did this thing. It was like, ah, they wouldn't do that. Oh, they're doing it. This sucks. This really fucking blows. And like characters who are supposed to be dead or alive. And it's just like, <sighs> I, and and I I'm really anxious to see where it goes and, and like it like honestly the next game could be fucking great and just blow things out of the water. Uh, however, I am very scared because if they continue in sort of this this direction, I, I don't know how I'm going to like that. But that's just me as sort of like a Final Fantasy VII super fan. So take what I say with a grain of salt. As someone who's never completed Final Fantasy VII original, uh, I went into this, loved the ending, loved the story, and I know the gist of the original Final Fantasy game. I don't know all the story. I just know pretty much big key points and things about characters. I'm hoping that they switch it up. I like the switching it up. Because it throws something new at you, I guess. It's not the same experience. I don't... I like the new things getting thrown at us. I'm hoping somehow Aerith doesn't die. I wish... I'm praying, actually. I really want this to where Aerith doesn't die because I love her so much and I don't want her to die. As heartless as this is going to sound if they do that, I'm... I'm going to be mad <laughs> because that, that's completely antithetical to what that game is supposed to be about. But that's just me being a nitpicky bastard. And the thing is, is I don't mind shit being different. It can be different as long as what you do is interesting. And, and to me, it's what they've shown so far is not really interesting. It's kind of like you, you, you took this thing that's really fucking great. And then you just kind of water it down. It's just kind of like, okay, fine. And plus, I remember you mentioned earlier when we were talking about Final Fantasy VII, like you would be more it just um just sort of adjustment to the story of Final Fantasy VII 
wouldn't be as unpalatable for you if they if we had got like a another like souped up remade version of Final Fantasy VII before this one. Yeah, like and the thing is, all they have to change with the original one is just redo the English script because the English script is fucking garbage for the for the P- PS one and and the PC version's even worse. Sorry, I got a candy cane in my mouth. But yeah, if if there was just like, because because if they had that like a good translation of the English version, I I would not be complaining about this really, because you know, I'm I like I may not like what they're doing, but I'll have the other game to go back to. But part of the thing I was looking forward to with this with this one was them sort of doing going back to it and redoing it and souping it up and fleshing things out. And for this game, that's what they did. However, the way the ending is, I don't know if that's the direction they're going to go. Cause it's like not to get super, I'm not going to spoil it, but um, yeah, I'm sorry. I went off on a tangent, but but yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake. I absolutely loved it. It's my second yeah. favorite game And that of being the year. said, besides that ending, the game is fucking great. I love the fucking combat. It's so fun. <laughs> beautiful. Every single person is beautiful. It's crazy. Rufus is beautiful. Oh my, I was not, I I was not ready for Rufus to be hot, okay? <laughs> I was not ready for that. I was like, oh, wait, what? Okay. And then you have an amazing fight on top of the fucking tower and he's just like oh shooting coins oh my god like damn oh that was so fucking cool because like the original fight in the game and and, and granted it's a ps1 game early ps1 game so you know they're very limited in what they could do however how they interpret that for the remake was just like Anime is fuck in the best way possible. And I'm just like, yes. Yeah, that's all. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Very good. Uh, number one. This is a hot, hot area. <laughs> I know a lot of people are mad about this. The Game Awards and other places. Favorite game of the year? Was the Last of Us 2. Or the Last of Us Chapter 2. I don't remember. Part 2. Fuck! Not Chapter. Part 2. I absolutely loved this game. It ripped me apart, put me together, ripped me apart again, uh, and then left me on the road. I There's a lot about this game I've seen on the internet, and man, I don't understand a lot of the hate for this game. I understand the people that aren't into the violence the how brutal it is. I understand that part. But I'm not so understanding of the story routes. Or like, Joel dies. He dies in the first hour of the game. And as soon as he dies, I just... That's the thing that everybody's mad about. Like, oh my god, you can't kill my male character like that. You can't just let him be killed by this woman that I've never met in uh, this game's history... You just can't do that. Yeah, of all I, like, the criticism, like I haven't played the game, but of all the criticisms, that's the one where I'm like, "That's the hill you want to die on." 
Is just that Joel died and that's it? I don't... I, I think that's a great way to set it up. It's a... It doesn't do anything too crazy with, like, telling us a new type of story. It's a revenge story. It's about Ellie trying to get revenge. And then uh, on the person who got revenge on Joel. So it's just a revenge story. So Ellie's story, the way it ends, it's fucking brutal. And then it proceeds to throw you into Abby, the character that killed Joel. And so you're understanding what she done what she's done and how she did it to get to where she killed Joel so you're not as mad at her you're just sad and you want to cry i understand her actions and in the end i realize why she did it it's, but fuck man it's it's a rough thing Anybody else want to jump in on The Last of Us 2? I know every, we recorded a Last of Us 2 episode. I'm waiting on Wenzel to help me out here. What, what do you want me to say? <laughs> I talked. Well, we, we we did record a full episode talking ins and outs of The Last of Us. Unfortunately, there there just was a a issue with the recording, and we, we couldn't salvage it. As... It's kind of heartbreaking that was because we really tried hard to get this episode to come out with El- with our friend the show Ellie. She loves the game, loves the series. We had Cannon and Winslow on telling their piece. It was a great conversation. I think it was it was a great it's a great lost episode, but it's just it's in the ether now. But I think just from what I remember them saying, there's just there's a just a lot of just like really strong emotions in, in, in the game just fight from from positive to negative and just this distorted journey takes you i understand a lot of the criticism how like you're like you sort of the, the whole point of the game is the futility of revenge and the, the destructive power that violence has on uh, inwardly and outwardly and i think it's a fair criticism to say like once once you realize sort of like you no know, oh you no know, this is where it's going yeah like once you realize oh violence is bad um, you're not really given another option. There's not like a, after a certain point, like a pacifist route. Or, yeah. or, so you, so or, like, or just that. The big criticism, I, I guess, quote, legitimate criticism I heard on my end, and this is coming from someone who's not played the game, so take what I say with a grain of salt. But it's one of those things that's like, the game punish, uh, the game like chastises you for enjoying the thing, but it's like, but you're the one who created the game? And like and th- made it this way, and this is my only option to. And this is my only option too. So why why are you chastising me? It's like how dare you do this thing, even though this is the only way to proceed. I see it in a in a certain way. I'm thinking of it from the point of I like to watch things that move me. I like to play things that move me. Be it happy, sad, mad, anything. Like, uh, I love to cry. I really do. I do it a lot. I mean, it's true. Uh, like, b- back when we started the show, one of our year-end awards was what made Colt cry the most that year. Last was 2-1 this year, yeah. I'll say and, that. And for a game uh, to elicit such a reaction from not just, like, you, Colt, but from everyone who's played it, I mean, I don't think that can can go unnoticed i mean i mean even it, it people who some, haven't played it i mean it hit some sort of chord with people and i think that should be commended um i would say something but we covered all this in the yeah. last episode so i'm done talking oh. about it 
So you're not going to talk about it? But, oh, well, uh, uh nah. what I was going to say. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I want to talk about it. Of course. Can I, I just want to get this force gone because my brain is very scattered brain. Uh, another thing that people didn't like was the fact that at the very end of the game, you don't kill Abby. You don't kill Abby in front of her essentially adopted child. What the fuck? Why didn't you bash her brains in in front of her child? That's fucked up. And it's like, that's not the point? In the end, the point is, there's no point. Just to this violence, everyone's gonna be dead. It's gonna be pain. Nothing but pain, no happiness. You're just gonna feel the same sadness, but you killed someone. I mean, shit. Like, yeah, you know, the world's already fucked. You know, why why make it worse? Especially with this, um... (laughs) God, man. Especially with Lev... So, so heartbreaking with what's happened to him and with what's happened to Abby. And I mean, you know, we talked about this, you know, Abby and Lev, I mean, they mirror Joel and Ellie, obviously that was the whole point. Um, and in a way that's kind of her redemption. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't know if Ellie saw that could be, but like to, to kind of just, I don't know, like, then what happens to Lev? You know, Lev either dies right there or Ellie has to kill her. Or him, has to kill him, Jesus, um, after killing Abby. And it's like, um, <laughs> so you want so you want Ellie to get done strangling Abby to go there and slit Lev's throat? <laughs> like, is that really what you want? <laughs> you're just going to create another person that wants revenge on you. Lev's going to go after Ellie well, after Abby's dead unless someone breaks the cycle. Unless un- well, unless Ellie killed Lev re- right then and there or somebody came along and was like, "Hey, see this little kid? Let's But that's kill him. not like Ellie. Lev didn't do <laughs> shit to Ellie. Well, remember, I mean Ellie did threaten Lev and was like, "I'll kill him." And Abby was like, he's not a part of this and ellie was like you made him a part of this which is using the same words that abby used whenever she was about to kill um dina and um you know she would have done it too yeah. but lev was one of the you know i don't know we're, we're talking about hypotheticals right now so definitely wouldn't happen but like you said it would have created it was just a vehicle it was just a cycle of violence and the thing is is that we talked about how um this game gives you the only option of violence and it chastises you and that's the thing is that it's it's like it's like a weird where like okay if you had the pacifist run then you wouldn't get the message or you wouldn't understand what's about it's telling one story it's a linear path it's not an rpg it's an action story overall they want to tell you this one path they don't want any other variations they 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 have to tell you it in this way and that totally makes sense and that works and it would definitely work for me because it made me feel bad and the, the you know this game uh i mean if you if you haven't been able to tell this is my number one as well for anybody listening um it's just it was just absolutely fantastic especially with what i had to say uh, also it, it was just funny because i'm glad i'm kind of glad too because it it ousted like so many fucking transphobes. Like, fuck you guys. Fuck turfs, yeah. man. They were very just like, bad. Just bad. Like, uh, they were just saying, because Abby has a muscular build, it's not traditional femme build. They're like, oh my god, look at this 
I don't want to say it because it's fucking offensive. They're just being very rude. But but Colt, why 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 femoid muscular? They also bring up the like. There's not enough protein in this environment. She cannot get this buff. Okay. So she has to be super small and little, w- tiny baby goth girl. Okay, we cannot have a large muscular woman. It's not realistic in the apocalypse. <laughs> this has. To, this has to, this, this the, is also the game with fucking zombies. This has, the woman has to be petite, small, big tits, big ass, makeup, high heels. Uh, in the apocalypse. <laughs> uh, no woman, no no big, no wom- woman always tiny. I hate gamers. Waist razor thin, ass mushroom cloud. <laughs> I, Ba-boom! I'll, I'll, big I, mommy you know, milkers. I'll say it as I said it in the that episode, even though it's lost now. Whenever we get introduced to Lev, oh my god, in Yara, I'm like... I, I was literally, when I was playing as Abby, he's like, I am buff mom, you are son and daughter. That's pretty much what it was until... Uh, rest in peace, Yara. Yeah. Rest in peace. Goddamn. Sad game. Uh, love Very it. Very sad game. Will make you cry. Uh, f- not for everyone. I understand that. And if you dislike it just because Joel was offed, fuck you. And if you dislike it, because what of was gonna happen? Feminine things. Go fuck yourself. Joel's old. He was forty something, going on fifty, and he made so many enemies. Like, of course he was gonna get offed. <laughs> what do you think was gonna happen? That shit catches up, bro. Yeah, that's my game of the year. That's my twenty twenty games. But that's not all the games are played because we played a lot of games this year. I'm gonna cover the rest of twenty twenty games. That uh, I thought were pretty fun. Thirteen Sentinels, very f- good game. It's essentially a visual novel uh, done by the people who done Dragon's Crown, which I've brought up in a past episode before. Very fun, uh, <laughs> very good. Uh, Fortnite weirdly, weirdly came back. Uh, this fuck. I should say that for later. Animal Crossing. It was a very fun time this March. Uh, last March, we played it. The whole world played Animal Crossing for a month, and then only the hardcore fans really stuck with it. I'm afraid to start up my Animal Crossing town because I don't want to see the corpses of all my dead villagers because I forgot to feed them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it, it's a fun game. It's an Animal Crossing game. I got what I was expecting from it. I put over 80 hours in it, or close to 80. So I got my money and time's worth. I enjoyed every second. Uh, but to go to games that are kind of old, but they got consistent updates, I'm going to go to Fortnite. Fortnite went hard this year. I didn't really play as much as I am now throughout the season because I'm hardcore into it right now because of this new Mando, uh, Master Chief, Kratos. Master Chief. <laughs> but, uh... It's been very consistent, the Fortnite experience. They keep upgrading it, adding new quality of life stuff. It's all around just wild. Uh, we got another cool thing this year called the Pokemon Sword and Shield DLC. This stuff was... Oh, I didn't shit. play... What was the first DLC called? Isle of, Isle of Armor. Armor. I did not play it until the uh, new... the Ice Tundra, Frozen Tundra came... Crown, Crown Tundra, Tundra came out. And I'm uh, kind of sad I didn't play it until then. But it's very good DLC. 
I know Sword and Shield is hated by a lot of people, but I thought this DLC was really fun. They added uh, these dens, or raids. What are these raids called? Raid, raid dens. dens. Max raid dens. Wendell and I would shiny hunt. We probably added oh, 50 oh, my bad. hours shiny hunting. <laughs> no, that that that's called something. Uh, Dynamax, Dynamax Adventures. Dynamax Adventures. My bad. I'm sorry. We've probably shiny hunted in those damn caves for 50 hours. Or it's just me and him on Discord just shooting the shit, killing Pokemon. It was insanely fun, and I've gotten more shinies than I've ever gotten before just from doing this. No, like, like legit, like me, you know, me and Colt had a blast doing that. I, I've never gotten a shiny, like, through, uh, through the game, like, catching and stuff. I, had, I got them through trades from people. Um, but th- this was like something else, and I, I, we every time we got a shiny, we'd scream. We'd literally scream over Discord because it was just so uh, amazing, man. It was so fun. The DLC was, um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of controversy with that game, but the DLC kind of righted a little bit of that, even though we still did not get all of the Pokemon and a lot of the Pokemon that if you transfer them over, they're stuck in Pokemon home hell. Um, still, you know, we got, we got a lot of Pokemon. The stories were good. It's all good. It was fun. Um, I've almost completed all the Pokedexes. Nah, I, I just need a Heracross. Somebody give me a Heracross. That's it. Well, I was going to say Pokemon riding horses now. Yeah. That's a little baby, uh, brain, little baby deer, man, a little fucking, Ragdoll looking. Uh, but to cover, uh, I got two more games. Sure you do. Uh, burp time. Call of Duty, both Cold War and Modern Warfare. I didn't really touch Modern Warfare that much when it first launched. It took till probably like March this year for me to actually start playing it. Uh, it's actually pretty damn fun. I went in when it first launched, not liking it because it was fucking shit i did not like it but i slowly went to love it until i put a cab as my clan tag and then it banned me forever and i can never play call of duty modern warfare ever again because it banned me just because i had a cab as my clan tag so i can't play call of duty warzone which just had a huge update adding a bunch of stuff from cold war uh, I just can't play that. I just can't play Warzone anymore. I really wish they'd release it as an individual game so I can maybe just play it there. But no, you fucked me. You fucked me, Call of Duty. I do nothing but play your games year after year, and you fucked me. Whatever. <laughs> it, it it was so it was so dep- it was so like just. Oh my god, it was so sad. We played like, weekly. Every single weekend, we Winslow and I would play <laughs> Modern Warfare. I was super excited to play every single weekend. And then, boom, in the middle of August, I'm banned for a cab clan tag. Probably by some losers with BL, not BLM, uh, 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 White Lives Matter. Blue Lives Matter. They'll have stupid shit or, like that. Yes. like, uh-uh, a cab out of here. Ban that dude. He's never going to be able to play this game ever again. Uh, fuck you. And the, and the thing is, too, it's not, like, he's not banned anymore. I contacted support. I contacted support. They said, you're not banned anymore, why don't you play? Just, uh, re-uninstall, uh, reset your console, do this, blah, 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 clear your cache. I did all that, nothing works. I'm like, maybe it's my PS4. I re-download Modern Warfare on my PS5. Still fucked. It's something on their end, and it's fucked 
and I don't care to contact them anymore, considering that Cold War is out, and I can play Cold War. No issues whatsoever. And the thing is, too, I, I contacted them as well. I'm like, hey, my friend can't play. Um, you guys banned him, and he's not banned, but he can't play anymore. Never got a word back. Never. Haven't said shit. Jack shit. Their support is god-fucking-awful. At first, they start out with automated responses, but to get to talk to actually somebody, it takes for, like, it, it took cold... It took a month uh, to get somebody on. It took a month. And... <laughs> And like and cult getting shadow banned. Fucking felt like it. Well, no, he, he, well he wasn't shadow banned. He was like legit, like banned, like for seven days for having a cab as his clan tag. But then when the ban lifted, for there was just some wild glitch where now he can't play modern warfare at all. It said all. my dad is and corrupt so or unusable. Sad. I even had Wenzel logging in my account, see if he could play it, thinking it was my PS4. No, it's something. Yeah. There. Yeah, I logged into his account on my PlayStation and I couldn't play it. And I was like, "It's it's them." And we, me and Colt, kind of joke now. We're like, we kind of make jokes. We're like, we're the guy working the desk or whatever. And he's like, he's like, "Well, I don't know, man. It has to be you. It can't be us. It has to be on your end." It's a bunch of raccoons with a keyboard. <laughs> it's a bunch of raccoons with a, with keyboards and mics uh, and headsets, and <laughs> they don't know what the fuck's going That's on. <laughs> That's what. <sighs> <laughs> that's that's who we think was working at Activision offices or wherever. Um, it, it's 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 stupid. But to talk um, about good Call of Duty experience, Cold War just came out. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I really enjoy the multiplayer. It's pretty damn fun. Uh, the zombies experience is really good. Haven't been banned. Really my clan tag C R E M. Hopefully, I don't get banned for having cream as my clan tag. Uh. But yeah, Cold War's campaign was good. Very fun. The campaign's good. It's not the best Black Ops campaign, but it's good. No, but it's good. It was fun. I got I got what I wanted out of it. But to get much. to a game that not a lot of people have played for obvious reasons, or not that far into it, Cyberpunk. Oh man, here we Cyberpunk. go, Cyberpunk. All right, let's do it. Let's let's talk about it. I am playing on the PS5 because. Just got it. It runs good. It runs fine. It's a very pretty game, in my opinion. It's just that it crashes every 30 to 45 minutes. Yesterday, I got lucky, and I was able to play for three hours without a crash. But normally, it's 30 to 45 minutes. You get a crash. Uh, but that's the only issue. A few glitches here and there on PS5. But that's nothing really bad there. But when it comes to... Everything else, man, I don't know what's going on anymore. Ah, oh. anybody else got any cyberpunk? I, I'll go ahead and talk about it because me and Colt, me and Colt had a long ass discussion before you guys got on about just how like it's so fun. The story is like really superb. Um, the the side quests are amazing, but like, goddamn, it really destroys your immersion with uh, a lot of these glitches and the crashing. Like Jesus Christ. Um. It, it's so it's so sad because you know so much has led up to this game and it's not it's not finished and you know the work the the workers suffered for it and it's like huh um you know and it's so funny there's like fun little glitches where um so far i've only had three crashes uh <laughs> like that's a good thing um but there there's a good bit in there where if you're um if you're in your apartment and you go into your bathroom mirror and like 
you're supposed to have your clothes on, but for some reason when you open your mirror, uh, it will randomly take off all your clothes and you have no genitals whatsoever. And uh, it is funny. <laughs> it's it's so also funny. another. I don't know um, if it's a glitch or intentional, but whenever you change your clothes, like pants or shirt, you can potentially just for like a split second have your dick and balls titties out. You just have it all out for that split second. So you can turn off nudity, of course, but I'm not a loser. So I keep it on. <laughs> but there's a chance that somebody goes by your room, somebody you don't know that well looks in your room through the window, this creepy man outside. He's like, oh my God, is that a dick and or a titty? Fucked up. On a TV? <laughs> like what? That's crazy. Yeah, it's so funny. Because uh, every time like I'll change my pants, it's like dick. And then it like just swings side to side. And I'm like, Why? why it, and you know you would think like okay you never wear underwear that's not true you have underwear the game just takes it out for some reason <laughs> uh, <laughs> they spent all the time on the dick engine they're not about it let a second of that screen time go to waste yeah it, it's man uh there's just like uh there's just a lot of other things too um you know colt's colt's told me he has issues where it crashes and it resets all of his settings which with the newest update is, that came out like four hours ago apparently they fixed that so i'm really excited for that. Well, that's that's good um you know i'll i'll be playing sometimes and jackie um your your friend in the game he will just He'll walk through everything, <laughs> and uh, everything gets thrown around. Uh, he'll disappear sometimes. Um, sometimes when I'm trying to check a body or if I'm trying to put it down, uh, they'll crash. Like, literally, their body will slam and then get thrown across the room. Um, I'll try to talk to somebody, and instead, a person across the room will talk for them. Subtitles stay really small for some reason, no matter how much you try to make you and try to enlarge them um i'm trying to think is there anything else uh it it's just it's all over the place but man it's just like but when you really get going it's so yeah, good when it's working fine and good it's fucking amazing the way they introduce keanu reeves character johnny silverhand is so good and the the set ah oh, just the intro to this game is really fucking good. I was like freaking out the whole time. Let's. Uh, uh, all right, all right. It's intro spoilers. Let's just tell you one thing. Do you guys care? It's just one small detail about Johnny Silverhand. I don't know if if I'll ever get to play it. So go ahead, Jonathan. Go ahead. Fire away. Johnny Silverhand's a terrorist. He nukes a building at the, <laughs> wow, in the you really first go into four it. hours. That's. I just wanted to throw that little tidbit out. Uh, and it was fucking wild because I didn't pay attention to the uh, stuff they released uh, for press for this game, apparently, because uh, I wasn't expecting Johnny Silverhand to go from a live show, fun, cool rock experience, like, punk, yeah, punk, punk, punk. And he's like, all right, now let's go live out this punk experience. Let's go nuke a building. Well, I think in, in the original... Uh tabletop game he's a terror like it could be but i don't know shit about the original keep in mind though too he's fighting against a corporation so oh yes he it's still not good yeah terrorist is yeah he's going to explode hundreds of thousands of people to take down this Twelve thousand people did die well that okay well that's the thing too is that um 
he uh, they actually did a th- there's actually something in there where they actually broadcasted a signal a message saying hey this building's about to blow up everybody get out of the area <laughs> so but you know what what <laughs> Twelve thousand people still died uh that's all that's the only spoiler thing really i wanted to say because fuck i love johnny silverhand he's very cool uh, he's a I, I he's a handful. I'm at the part now where you just uh, you just encounter him, and Jesus Christ, he's a handful, but he's fun. Yeah, that's pretty much gaming for me this year. Uh, um, I feel like I had something else to say about Cyberpunk, but I don't know. It, it's just it's it's something else, man. It's so disappointing, but also it's still really good. So yeah. yeah. Anybody, anybody else gamer? Any news, Jonathan Pat? No, I'm, I'm I don't here. have anything else. Really. No, that that was pretty much uh, Animal Crossing was pretty much the only game I really played this year. There's there's plenty of games I wanted to get around to playing. Um, probably the one I wanted to get into most was Hades. I was really, I'm really liking the art, and um, it's, I don't think it's it costs too much, so I might be looking into that. Maybe the only other game I guess technically from this year I played was Persona Five Royal. It's a good game. But, I don't know, I mean, it's a fucking fantastic game, but, you know. Well, I guess I will say, even though um, it's not a new game, but a game we I got to play this year the first time was Silent Hill 2. Ooh. Oh, yeah, for, like, the first, like, couple hours of it. I mean, it was fun. Um, uh, I had never played a Silent Hill game, but just, like, uh, playing that was a lot of fun and just, like, how, like, just, like, spooky it is, like, Going through all the weird like crotch monsters are gibbering around, and like when we turn the corner and fucking pyramid heads behind that grate. Oh god, we we fucking screamed. And that fucking clock puzzle was a pain in the ass. Oh my god, and it was it was like right in front of our faces. It was but. It, it was stupid, but like the game was great. Uh, and when John and I we played, uh, or he played, I, I was I was there for the ride. I was in the the sidecar when we played Metal Gear Solid for the PlayStation. Hell yeah! Well, that Don't was a lot it. of fun to to go through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we beat it in like three days. Yeah, it, it it was a lot of fun. And God, that fucking like fucking key card bullshit. It, it was it was a funny bit, but just the backtracking was so dumb. Oh, the the fucking like temperature coated. Oh, that, oh, the second half of that game just it, it it's a good game, but holy shit, that part is just like so fucking annoying. And plus, like I just loved how I mean we all love Metal Gear, so, uh, and but just like how even the early days it was just anime as bullshit. God, I love it. It's goofy as hell. But that, that was Kojima's a mastermind. And, and then how long it just took a, uh, how long it took me to beat fucking Rex was just yeah. Th- uh, that was I feel like that was a whole night in itself just to beat Rex. Yeah, because it was like okay, all all I got is the ch- uh, Rex fight and the chase. We we can hammer this out in like an hour. And then <laughs> I, I swear to God, it took me like three hours just for the Rex fight. It's like, because I remember when you finally beat Rex, it was like, psych bitch, phase two. I was like, ah! And then the chase happens. And li- and Liquid State just won't fucking die. Just Liquid won't die. Yeah. God, I, I hope to God when when the Metal Gear movie happens, 
Liquid Snake is just Oscar Isaac in a clearly blonde wig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I need them yeah. to make this as hammy as possible. And I hope to God they make that shit as gay as possible. Snake! And it's funny how the... Just, uh, it's not much different <laughs> oh, from no. the series. And I, it's like... <laughs> I, it's funny how the gayest looking character in the series, Vyden, is canonically the straightest. Oh yeah, he's he's the straightest dude in the whole show. Game. It's, it's a, a show. It's, it's, it's an a anime. Show. And you can't tell me otherwise. But yeah. even though um, Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid weren't 2022 20, games, that was sort of my, my fun gaming memories from the year. And yeah. but, but, Plus we had some good banter bullshit when you played Control the other day. Oh yeah, that too. Was we need to get back on that. So it, it feels like I, I have fun, like watching people play games or being like a co-experience to it. because I'm not a great gamer, but like I, I I enjoy like being there and you know talking to it. Which you know maybe one day we'll be able to get back into Twitch because that's kind of what we did with Twitch. Because well, I, I played the the Final Fantasy VII demo as well. Yeah, that was fun. So. One of these days, we'll be able to get back to Twitch and get that up and run again. It was just one of those things that just we wanted to do. It just took, didn't quite click this year, but hopefully that's something we'll get back to in the future. Hopefully so. Uh, so, yeah, we talked about The Last of Us 2. That's my number one. Talked about Cyberpunk. Got that shit out of the way. Uh, I have, like, ten, like three games from 2020 that I really... Um, that are my top games, you know. Uh, my uh, I would put it as my number two. Yeah, Bug Snacks. Played Bug Snacks. Second game I played um, after uh, PS5. Yeah, because played the Cold War campaign first on your PS5. Um, played Bug Snacks, and I, I, I I've said it before, and I cannot reiterate enough. It is one of those games, those indie games that just comes once, like in a generation, because it is just fantastic, and I think it will be remembered for all time. It, it, it is so good, so lovable, just really really wholesome i you know and it, it, i definitely wouldn't say it's for kids um really love it you know it is it but it is for kids at the same time it's it's like how spongebob makes dirty jokes like how uh mr Krabs overdoses on ketamine and dies i don't remember that episode but yes yeah, and, you know, if I can, like, you know, and I say it's one of those because there's a lot of games that are like that, you know, that are absolutely wonderful, um, and this one starts off the generation pretty fucking solid, pretty pretty great. I gave it my highest recommendation. I even platinumed it. I got all the trophies. I, I loved it from beginning to end. It's a pretty quick and easy platinum, and it's a fun platinum, too. It's not, like, uh, tedious in any way. <laughs> no, the yeah, <laughs> those were. There are some bug snacks that are troublesome. I will not lie. There, you know, looking back on them, though, I think because of like how difficult they were, be I think that those were just fun experiences in themselves. I am curious. Um, what are some of your favorite bug snacks from the game? Because like I remember seeing like the the crab apple and the little rib centipede, but I'm like, I don't really know what all the little creatures are in there. Do you, do you, do you have some favorites that stand out to you? <laughs> uh, you want you want to go first, Colt? I'm trying to remember because there's there's a lot. I'll throw some stuff. I'll throw this amount. Uh, bunger, 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 bunger. If you don't know, that's a burger, but it's called bunger. Love bunger, sweetie fly, sweetie fly, 
sweetie fly sweetie fly i don't know how that's gonna sound my high pitch voice sucks um uh i really like the barbecue bunger <laughs> just because it's a barbecue bunger um yeah i'm trying to think there are some really fun they're they're all fun um sody sody little dr pepper soda yeah they have like dr pepper mountain dew Lacroix. yeah not the actual brands i can't remember what they are um yeah. but yeah but it's very clearly based on like name brand yeah. yeah no when it's like when Lacroix popped up i was like that's clearly fucking Lacroix, man um <laughs> um matzo supreme the, the fucking pizza was great picantis picantis was cool it was like essentially like uh a, it was like a giant praying mantis that was also just a bunch of other buck snacks like um enchirito um man i can't remember all of them uh it wasn't. It wasn't Intrito. Intrito is its own buck snacks. Um, a lot of Queeble. Queeble is essentially a, que- a kiwi. kiwi. It's very cute. Queeble. I really like Queeble. it. Uh, <laughs> fucking like Wendell said, bungers ruled. I can't remember. There was a giant sushi uh, monster Fuck. boss. It, it, that it, I absolutely love. Yeah, it was like a giant sushi dragon. It was so sick. Um, man, I can't remember what it's called now. Megamaki. Megamaki. Yeah. Fuck. There's so many good ones. They got the Peltos. They got the Pillbugs. They got Pinantial. The Pinkle, which is Pickle Jar. <laughs> yeah. And they got uh, Scorpania, Ribblepede. Ribblepede. And the Sandopede. Sandopede is a secret favorite of mine because I just really enjoyed the image of a giant sub just crawling around the map. Sandopede, yes, yes, man. When I first saw that, I loved it. I, I absolutely they, fell in love with it. Playing this game, it was like experiencing the original Pokemon anime because they say their names like Scoopy Banoopy, Scoopy Banoopy, or Scoopy Banoopy. Yes, <laughs> Snackery, Snackery, Scoopy Banoopy, Spuddy, 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 Snackery, Spuddy, 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 We're Pokemon. They're Pokemoning. I will say my most hated one is Scoopy Banoopy. Motherfucker was so hard to catch and to disassemble because you have to disassemble certain uh, bug snacks yeah. to get other you bug snacks. You have to snacks. rip their flesh and salt their wounds just to make sure they turn into a taco and a cherry. That sounds fucking terrifying. But also you incorporate the bugs and in, in food into your body, which is also this weird like Sesame Street body horror kind of thing. It's very much body horror. It's very much body horror, and it—I <laughs> recommend anybody play it. It's for anybody. It's so good. I—I I love the characters oh, too. The Grumble, uh, no, the Grumpuses. I love them. Yeah, Bucksnax is great. Give it a go. I, I recommend playing it on PS5. But it doesn't really matter considering it's not a super graphic intensive game. You're gonna get the same experience on both, but just on the. Faster load that, times on the PS5. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So, um, and then uh, those are my top games. No, I didn't say my top. Sorry. Another, my third and final top game is uh, Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal came out earlier this year during the spring. Uh, hardcore, fantastic, fun little little fucker. Just it would have been my five, but I enjoyed yeah. Resident Evil Three Remake a little bit more. Really? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I enjoy Eternal. It's just. I don't know. I think the first one was better. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. They just reused the music. The music was just a lot of uh, 
the OG, not OG, the first Doom's music recycled, and I was a little sad about that. I don't know, man. I, you know, Resident Evil 3 was just too short for me, and with Doom Eternal, it was a nice length, uh, a lot of crazy shit for the Doom universe. I loved it, man. Uh, and that's fine. That's fine. You know, that's, that's your opinion. It's wrong, but that's your opinion. All right, damn. Uh, no, no, I'm just messing around, but uh, yeah, I, I really liked it, really enjoyed it. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> uh and then uh well technically it came out this year and i and i'll go ahead and talk about it but they're two games um they're part of the same series it's uh the dark anthology series um oh dark yeah. picture anthology uh me and colt played the first one it came out last year but we didn't play it till this year of uh, man of Medan. had a fun heckin fun time uh good co-op experience i recommend it wholeheartedly really sp- it's a perfect co-op experience i mean just him seeing different things from me in Man of Medan, you'll see on his screen, you'll see like a demon chasing after you, or you'll see a ghost in the corner of the screen. And on my screen, I'm like, I don't see anything, and Wenzel's over there screaming. <laughs> and, and it's so funny because we'll be doing something, and then for like after a while, we'll be like, oh, we'll, we'll think, like, wait a minute, what's happening on your screen? So that because so we can coordinate what decisions to make. It's it's really good. Um, Man of Medan was really fun, and then, um, like I said, uh, there was one that came out this year, Little Hope. Little mm-hmm. Hope was really, really good, and um, I don't know. I can't t- say too much about them. I-, I really want anybody listening to experience them for themselves, um, but then whenever Little Hope ended, um, it gives you a little teaser for the next one. Woo! Woo! So excited for it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be really fun. The thing is, with these games, the story is nothing too crazy. It's it's kind of like B to C tier slasher films or horror films in general. They're not the greatest stories, but man, they are fun to play. Uh, gives gives me a good bit of fear because uh, I did get spooked a lot. Yeah, there there was really good bits where when we were playing Little Hope, I think we had more streams in Little Hope where we'd be doing something and something would scare the absolute shit at us, um, literally if it be me or if it be Colt. Um, definitely also going to go back and replay them just so we can get those trophies. Fun time, fun time. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I played the DLC, loved them. Need a Heracross. Please give me a Heracross um, for Pokemon. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much. I had a fun time with games, though. Need to, need to catch up. Still got a lot of shit to do. It sounds like a good batch of games all around. Now we're moving into our final big award of the night, and that's <laughs> Best Movies of 2020. And you've heard us talk about movies literally all year long from our sort of seasonal quarantine viewings to, like, other specific things. But I think the fine time has finally come to talk about what our favorite movies were from the year 2020 and from just our overall viewings from the year. And this is definitely going to be a, a, a lot of us reiterating like certain films that we touched on early in the year and get into some films that uh, maybe all of us have finally got a chance to see and have like a larger conversation from it. I have for my list. I have like top ten first watches, just movies watched in twenty twenty. And in that list, I only have one movie from twenty twenty. The first movie, number ten on my list, is a twenty twenty movie. 
and I really enjoyed it. I just kept going back to it, thinking about how much I really enjoyed it. And it was uh, Birds of Prey. I fucking loved Birds of Prey. I know it's not for everyone, but I went into it not expecting much. But I came out very happy uh, with what I got. I think uh, all the characters were super fun. It was a fun comic movie. And it was nice to see Harley away from the Joker for once. The Joker, uh, baby. And the next movie, number nine, it technically came out last year, but it released more so in this year, which was Color Out of Space. I think that's the case. But Color Out of Space was really fucking good. It was Nicholas's Cage's... It's Nicholas Cage doing his thing. And he does it with some cosmic horror bullshit that was an absolute blast to experience. Uh, number eight for me is Roger Wave. Wenzel, Pat, and I went and mm-hmm. saw this before the hell went down and oh my god i loved roger wave it's a very emotional uh movie about a woman that had her boyfriend die and come back to uh talk with her basically live with her as a water spirit and uh, it's essentially about her getting over his death and trying to move on it's very emotional Made me cry a little. Very good. Uh, number seven, Summer Wars. This is an older movie. I fucking love this movie. I don't want to go too crazy into it, other than telling you it's like uh, MMO, wild shit, satellite probably going to crash into the earth. Stuff like that. Crazy shit. Digimon. Uh, Digimon as well. Number six... Mm, out of all these movies, this is probably the least fun, but damn, it was amazing. Uh, come and see. You get to watch the innocence of a child get ripped from him in the uh, World War II. It's a s- insanely sad, beautiful movie. Uh, it's one of the best World War II movies I've ever seen. Uh, number five is Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. The first time I ever watched it, I was... I went in thinking it was going to be one of the lesser uh, Ghibli movies, but it actually came out one of my favorites. It's fantastic. I I usually hate bugs, but the bug creatures in here were pretty cool. Uh, Number four, Tokyo Godfathers. This was the last movie I saw in theaters this year with uh, Wenzel, Mm -hmm. Tanner, and Pat. It was... For that reason, I love it even more, but the movie itself was fucking fantastic. Three homeless people in Japan find a baby, and they go on a journey trying to find out whose baby it is, pretty much. And I uh, don't want to get too much away there. Uh, number three, I just clump these movies together. It's the Lord of the Rings trilogy. This is the first time I've actually watched all of them together. These movies fucking kick ass, and I understand why so many people care about this trilogy now. I haven't watched the uh, Goblin series. The Hobbit. The the Hobbit series. I haven't watched the Hobbit series just yet, but I plan to watch it when my brain is prepared. Because I know I'm not going to enjoy it as much as I like the Lord of the Rings, but I want to give it some space to breathe. 
Uh, number two was, I think, the second movie I saw this year. Uh, or third. One of the first movies was Uncut Gems. Holy shit, this movie. What? It's anxiety hell. Absolutely love it. It's Adam Sandler's best role. I still think about it pretty much every week or two. I will just think about this movie and just go, damn, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, because that about was my business. Because we we got to see a lot of movies together at the, the within the first three months of the year, and I remember just being with all like with everybody on the show today, watching Uncut Gems, and everybody was just like fucking white knuckling through that whole movie. God, because I was sitting beside Wenzel, and he had his hood up, and his, I saw his, him zip that shit up. <laughs> it yeah. was it was a good bit, but. Like, but honestly, same. If I had a hood, I would have just tucked myself in. And God, I was flapping for fifteen. Like I'm flapping now, because God, ah, oh, I gotta get the heebies out. That movie just so uncomfortable. <laughs> and we were just screaming like, "You can stop anytime!" God, it's good. It's good. We talked about that plenty. Uh, but my number one movie of the year. Which came, I wasn't expecting it to like it as much as the first movie, but Ghost in the Shell 2 Innocence. I fucking loved this movie. It has dated CG for some sections, but to me it adds a sort of atmosphere to time. It just feels good to me. It makes me feel comfortable. It reminds me of the PlayStation 2 era CGs. And I, it just makes me feel comfortable. It doesn't look the greatest, but I love it. But the story is very good. We get to see uh, Bato go about his business and his little hound doggy uh, is very cute as well. I don't want to say too much because I kind of want to show it to everyone here, get an experience. Cause I, has anybody else seen Gus and Shell 2? I haven't. I haven't seen it, no. Wenzel? No. I want to show everyone here. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, it's, and it's my number one of the year. Fucking hell yeah! I watched all of Ghost in the Shell this year. Fuck yeah! I've done a I lot. remember you, there was a period you you really been through the Ghost in the Shells, even like the new ones, the CG yeah. ones. I own every single Ghost in the Shell related thing. Uh, well, not the newest Netflix series, but I'll get it when it comes out on Blu-ray. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! That's my movies. Uh, I watched 169. But those are ten of my favorites. <laughs> nice, nice. Because nice. I will say, yeah, it, it, whenever whenever I get through with their sort of talk about the movie, you know, talk you can end do what was your final quote final uh, number for the year? Because like like Wenzel said earlier, a little behind the curtains here, we are recording a little bit earlier than the end of the year. It's just in order to give ourselves some some, some free time for the, for the last little bit of the year for the holidays. So we're, we are still at least like about 10 days out from the absolute end of the year from the time of this recording. So <clears throat> so there might be some movie numbers that change or like our final list may change because there's still a bunch of movies we want to try to catch up with before the year ends yeah. properly. So, I'm at uh, but, 169 now, but I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to watch Wonder Woman and Soul at least. So I'll probably be at like 171. Maybe I'll watch another movie. 172 is probably my final guess. But like like anything, we kind of have to have a, a a line that we have to cut things off with just so we can make the show. So we, you know, because of course we can't make it literally at the end of the year. Yeah. So, but all right, just now that that's out of the way, John, would you like to go next? Okay, sure. 
Um, I got like two lists. Before I get into the top movies, first time watch, I'm going to just quick fire honorable mentions for movies this year I saw that really enjoyed. Uh, Shirley is the Shirley Jackson quote biopic that me and Pat watched. It's on Hulu. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the director, Josephine Decker, I could be wrong. It was really cool, really weird, really enjoyed it. Uh, Big lesbian energy. Yes, very sapphic. Very great. Spike Lee's Defy Bloods. Really fucking good. Uh, There were some parts of it I thought were a little too conventional, but, you know, that's just being nitpicky. Uh, Borat, subsequent movie film. Fuck, that movie was good. Better than the first, I say. I I have to agree. <laughs> I, I I just remember watching Borat with the with the house was a very memorable. We screamed most of that movie. I feel you a hundred percent, especially spoilers for Borat. Uh, the scene where they go to this abortion clinic where they tell you not to get an abortion. He's like, I got <laughs> my daughter funny. pregnant. We went in the back alley. I gave her a good surprise. I wanted to please my daughter, which was a cupcake with a tiny baby, plastic baby on it. And she swallowed the plastic baby. And he's like, we got to get this baby out of her. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great bit. It's the bit. It's like, like, oh, we're here to get an abortion. They're like literally trying to get a plastic baby. It's a great bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking hilarious. Invisible man. Um, yes. Very good. I, I was not expecting a lot from that this movie, but holy shit, I was surprised. Uh, there were a couple moments where nearly shat myself. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was a really fun, uh, fun quote-unquote movie. Uh, it was the- pr- like pretty wild watching just people getting their ass wrecked by just nothing. There's nothing there until <laughs> you s- slowly see him at the end. Especially that police officer man that just gets his shit rocked by a ghost. Fuck. Oh my god! And, and just like any time, it the the camera would just hold stationary, and, and you're just looking around the frame, like trying to see where the fuck the little. That invisible fucker is. Elizabeth Moss just like was had this harrowing transformation throughout the film. Like, like yeah. it really gives you a taste of just like how like someone in the abusive relationship is just sort of gaslit and your, your world is just controlled by this like force. Like it's not even it didn't have to be present for them to just feel like they're in danger. And then like the whole movie, it's a great movie. You're just fucking tense. God. Yeah, and, and then that one that one moment in the diner, fuck, <laughs> what, that uh, got me. Can good. you refresh like, me? The one the where they're in the restaurant and she the knife is floating and then I don't remember that. The sister dies. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, her throat just gets cut and they're like, all right, yes, yeah, and, and like Elizabeth Moss, fucking fearless. Uh. And then, last movie of 2020, before I get to my list, we saw, the last movie we saw in theaters, Onward, Pixar movie, it was good. <laughs> Don't give me that look, Pat. Yeah, was, it just, was, was it just a movie that was good for you, John? Yeah, John. I, I can't help 
that the fucking mom had a dump truck ass. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Too Onward horny, was man. a really Too good horny. movie. But besides that, really good movie. Oh, yeah. Um, now, for top movies I watched in this year, uh, coming in, number 10, uh, Punch Drunk Love. So, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Adam Sandler movie. Uh, I would argue his best movie. It's really fucking good. Really cute love story. Soar's really fucking great. Uh, number nine. This is going to be the most controversial pick uh, out of the group. I bet I it know. is. I know what it is. It's I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Now, okay. Now we have to stop and we have to discuss this because, man. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's worth the discussion a little sidebar here. Yeah. Because John and I, we watched this earlier in the year. And we will say this is an adaptation of a book called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. It's on Netflix. And this film at least from my perspective, it really blew up with acclaim on film Twitter and a lot of really film enthusiasts. But I will say, while it did engender a lot of great conversations, John and I had a lot of great conversations about this film and the, and the things that it brings up, but it had to be one of the most physically arduous viewing experiences of my life because it is just two hours plus of just like, the most painfully awkward, just brutal, like, uncomfortableness, and just, just, I just felt like I was held captive by this goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah, because after it was over, I turned to Pat, and I was like, well, what did you think? And that was the first thing he said. I felt like I was held captive. And, and the thing is, all that, I don't disagree. All of y'all's complaints, I know that y'all are going to say, I don't really disagree. The, the thing with this movie with me, though, was it just did not leave my mind for weeks and caused me to have a fucking existential crisis. Uh, and, and that's not me being exact exaggerating. That That's just what really happened. Uh, I will say... Uh, and, the, and probably why it's a little lower on my list is because, like Pat said, as far as the physical act of watching it is really fucking painful. And it's and this is a something that's with a lot of Charlie Kaufman works is it's very dense and probably more fun to talk about and discuss than actually dissipate in. <laughs> so, Fuck. um so I know which director to avoid from now on, because fuck that sucked. Now, now I will say uh, this is his probably most obtuse, oh, okay, and, and just downright bleak movies. If you couldn't tell by the title, but uh, and I mean, and his stuff is pretty dark. He, he's the guy who wrote Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, being John yeah. Malkovich, and. Uh, Directed Anomalisa in Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. Which, Synecdoche, New York is one of my favorite movies of all time. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> that The the final shot, the that final scene in the high school gymnasium. Jesse Plemons singing that song from Oklahoma. That really hit home. And Jesse Plemons, Jesse Plemons and Jesse Buckley, great performances. 
Now, now y'all go and tell me how much of a stupid, pretentious fuck I am. I fucking get it. Get on to the next fucking scene. Dear fucking God, why are we here still? I'm suffering. Please, stop. Next scene. Why are they dancing so long in the end? We don't need this dance scene. I will I will agree with that, though, 100%. I got to I got to get this out there because I've been holding this in for so long. Like, okay, solid casting choices, all right? Like before they even like before they even announced who's going to be in the film, I remember reading the book by I'm thinking of anything things by Ian Reed and uh, I was like I was like the first thing I imagined Jake the guy being was Jesse Plemons? Plemon? Plemons. Plemons. Plemont. Clemens, I imagined him being that guy, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is a perfect casting choice." Like, and the thing is, too, the parts when uh when he gets uh irrationally angry, those were funny, those were good, just like in the book. I love that. But like, you say funny, but I say gives me anxiety. You mean whenever he, whenever okay, you mean the part whenever uh, he's making out with his with uh jesse buckley and then he's like did you see that guy that little pervert and then he says fuck it starts hitting the steering wheel that's funny that was funny to me because that was that was so awkward and weird and it made no sense but it was straight out of the book and i loved it um i i I thought that was great and don't get me wrong you know not every movie should be exactly like the book because another thing too ian Ian Reed was a co-producer of this film, and I just do not understand how he could be thumbs up for certain, like, uh, choices made in this film. Because, like, okay, the car scene it was actually longer in the book than it is in the film, but it's shorter, and it, it, it's, it's almost pointless, because, because in the book, uh, it's a lot of the woman reaccounting um, their relationship and actually talking about things that are relevant to to the to the themes of the book and and then also too she keeps getting a call from her friend and it's her uh, and you don't even know that it's her number until uh, until later when you find out her name the woman was never named in the book and. When they did that in the film, it's fine, but it's also like you need to give more context as to why her getting phone calls from her own number is fucking creepy. Um, and they didn't. And um, the whole and it's just and the ending is too ambiguous. I I don't I don't I don't really care for it because it's like the whole the whole point of it. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Um, is the old guy, the old janitor, the entire time what's happening isn't actually happening it's a completely fictional event that is that is him recreating a life that never was um it's him just thinking about what if i asked that girl out from the bar and we met my parents and so on and so on and so on and he's having problems because he's so old and it was so long ago he's having problems recalling her name um the events into which um you know he was taking care of his parents he kind of interspersed those with like hey you know like maybe like he's thinking about like what if she saw me doing this and like she's like wow you're such a good you know son and blah 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 you know and it's just like the way the way they make it is like they just make it too just too ambiguous um not not too ambiguous like you could still tell even if you didn't read the book 
but again, it's just there wasn't they didn't give they didn't give enough. And um uh, and then I, I, I will agree with you. I think the film is a little unnecessarily obtuse. And and then also the dance scene, it's like that wasn't even in the book. Like, I know I sound like a douche right now saying it's not in the book, it's not in the book. But like it it doesn't for me serve any purpose other than it looks pretty. And then the ending whenever he's um he's getting you know the award and he sings that song that doesn't happen either like there's no there's no like again you know it's like a scenario of okay what if he went down this road and he became the famous scientist that he wanted to be sure but like that i i don't know that that was kind of a weird visual representation because in the book what happens is that once he finally comes to term because i'm thinking of anything has two meanings one it's you know a relation you know the the breaking of a relationship but also it's his relationship with life which is suicide and um which is what happens in the book you know uh in the movie you do see him walk through the school naked with a with a pig um in the book he literally just gets like a coat hanger stabs himself and throws himself shoves himself into a closet for police to find that that's what happens and um you know it and it's just and then like a lot of the it just seems so pretentious especially with like uh jesse buckley with, with the way she spoke the way she some of the lines she recited especially at the very when they're doing the last well when they're doing the second car trip but they're going back and um they're going you know they're supposed to be going home but they don't um and she's reciting that thing um about a film and like, like the whole like film and like literature analysis on on the. Uh, are back you talking home. about the Pauline Kael's review of a uh, woman under the influence by John Cassavetes? Yeah, yeah. That 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 I was like, there's there's so much stuff that was added, and I'm just like, okay, the the you know the book, it's about it's existential, it's about isolation, it's about you know growing old it, it has a lot going for it and it sort of implemented that into this film but i just it just didn't the way it was executed was just was just not it it makes me not want to ever see kaufman's work again and i i'm just like i, I just don't understand the choices and you know the thing is too this might be the only visual representation of the novel we get and that's fine because not every novel needs a visual representation but the fact that this is it is kind of like ah, I gave it three stars. Pretty, <laughs> yeah. And, and like I, I can see some of what you're saying. Uh, to me, as far as the pretentiousness, I think to me that was part of the point. Was that because because the, the the janitor character ultimately is a pretentious person and yeah yeah and, no. and a lot of and, and a lot of it is that very much. He, he has this, like, deep, deep self-loathing, but also is very narcissistic and sees himself as above everybody. It, 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 like, it, it, I just think it's really interesting, like, how he's a very brilliant person, just for whatever reason, he never tried hard enough to, to, to reach his potential, and then that's kind of part of the movie, is that he's regretting in his age that he never... And, you know, applied himself and he sort of he's blaming himself his parents just like, he's sort th- of like this figment this this woman that or this construct of a woman he's never met 
well, that that was the sad thing about it too was that he did meet this woman, but it was just for that brief encounter, and that was yeah. I did it. I did think it was good that he messed up her name a few times. I was like, okay, that's really good. Well, yeah, because, well, yeah, like her name, like her name kept changing, and their occupations, occupations yes. kept changing. And, yes, and that definitely led to some like very like unnerving moments because especially the section of the film in the house it is borderline a horror movie just how dread inducing it is okay so because not only is like there's just like the general ambiance is like really uncomfortable and awkward and people just feel just like left to center like almost aliens but like, tony collette just gets more gruesome in every movie she's in yeah she gets more and more unhinged and but also like it because it, that like I said, the sequence in the house is very horror-like because you start to, because a lot of the movie is about recollection and the and like how your memory isn't your memory is pliant and it's not a static; it changes over time because you because you remember it, it fails and just sort of the, the 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 degradation of memory. But also, like it just kind of the movie kind of like makes you think: Are you crazy? Because there's like really small things that that change in between scenes like wait a minute like when the girl is wearing glasses in one scene to to read her phone or read or something and then when it cuts one scene it's like red and when it cuts back it's yellow and they're like wait a minute something's not right there's like really small things that change and just like am i going crazy yeah yeah it's it's fucking unsettling no no there was a there was a part in there that was done i think it was it's such a subtle thing but it was done perfectly because it happens in the novel too is when the father leaves the room and comes back his band-aid is on the other side of his head yeah like i I thought that was like amazing yeah and 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 things like that is just like uh i I really fucking dig i i will say uh i wouldn't get i I don't think Colt would like Charlie Kaufman stuff, but I, I think Winslow, you should probably give some of his other movies a try. Uh, yeah. Ma- mainly Synecdoche, New York, which deals with similar themes and, and a similar kind of pathetic character, but uh, it, it's definitely not as fucking bleak as this movie, and, and Synecdoche, New York is depressing as shit. <laughs> uh yeah, and, and I, I think it, because it caused such a visceral reaction for me, uh, I I couldn't justify like not putting it on this list. And there was so much of the filmmaking, like we're talking about, that I fucking enjoyed. And then like me and Pat had conversations out the ass about this movie afterwards like i i I, like i i want i wanted to say thank you to the movie for like letting me have like these really interesting engaging conversations but also fuck you for making me sit through you yeah (laughs) and and, and, like i don't disagree with that because it, it is painful to watch but uh yeah. Now, I will agree with y'all in the sense of the dancing scene. Like, while I love 90% of the final third of this movie, once they get to the school, the dancing, like y'all said, doesn't really add anything. This felt like what people think a Criterion movie is. Just like aesthetics for aesthetics sake. And, and granted, it's it's sort of telling a lot through dance 
but like, yeah, at the same time I was, I kind of checked out for a moment. I was like, Oh, we're doing this for, for a movie that's, uh, for a movie that's pretty innovative in sort of various shot compositions. Like I, to me that felt more pedestrian, like something, an idea of what people think a art house movie would. So, yeah, I'm thinking of many things. I really enjoyed it. I completely understand people who don't. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to say one more thing about it. You know, I can understand. I, I definitely don't think it's a pass. I, I can see the charm in it. Um, I, I say it would be a good, like, little fun, little companion thing to read. Go check out the book um, and then come back and watch the movie um, yeah. for anybody listening. So that that's all I have to say. I hope I never have to watch it ever again. <laughs> you don't have to. It, it, it was funny to 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 look at the um, letterbox score and how just like it was just like a a sliding slope. John four point five, Wenzel three, Colt and I like two and a half two. <laughs> yeah. So that was number nine, and, and I think that's yeah, that's the only twenty twenty movie on this list. Number eight, twenty eighteen, Suspiria. I talked about it. I think the last it is the fall quarantine viewing. Bunch of witches, really fucking awesome. Fucking Tilda Swinton in three roles. It's fucking great. Uh, number seven, a movie cult put on his list. Come and see. Like I said, you just get to see the innocence of this poor kid die, and it's a lot. It's very heavy. Uh, number six is a musical, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I just happened to pick that one up, just sort of a blind buy on a criteri- the summer Criterion sale. And me and Pat watched it, and we had a fucking blast. It's really, it's really fucking good. Good LGBT cinema. Number five, Boogie Nights. Another fucking Paul Thomas Anderson's on here three times. Holy shit, I just realized that. Boogie Nights is a movie about porn, but also family. It's really good. <laughs> and not in the incest way. It's just like all these porn stars make their makeshift family. Also, twink icon John C. Riley. Who would have thought? <laughs> For real. Step bro. It's not the step bro I'm caught in the washer type thing. <laughs> what are you doing? No, I'm not going to recite that. <laughs> um, number four. Inside Lewin Davis, you get to see Oscar Isaac being a very frustrating cunt for like 90 minutes. It's really fucking great. Also, banging soundtrack. Really fucking great. Uh, number three, talked about it. Well, the last movie wrap-up, Stalker. Really fucking good. Russian movie from the late 70s. It's about three hours. You should check it out. Number two... Also, Paul Thomas Anderson, There Will Be Blood. Uh, see Daniel this Daniel Day-Lewis just be a fucking asshole the entire movie. It's one of the great character studies. And then finally, number one, The Handmaiden. Because, God. Because like, uh, I watched it with uh, Cody and some of uh, his friends. And we fucking screamed. And then on then on my birthday, I showed it to the rest of the house. 
and and like I, I Liz really loved it and Can really loved it and Pat was really quiet and I was like, oh shit, he didn't like it. And then Pat was like, I fucking love this movie. It, it it's a movie you should know very little going in. And if at first you're like, oh, this is kind of boring, wait till it gets to the second part and then things go fucking bananas. So yeah, that's my top ten. All right, very Jonathan list. Very artsy, very, very Jonathan. But it's a very good list. Yeah, it's good stuff in there. It's not uh, not that one, though. <laughs> no? No, it's a good list because it's, it's its opinion. I it's guess. my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. All right, uh, Wendell, would you like to go next? Sure, I'll go next. Uh, for mine, I, you know, I've already talked so much about these, about these uh, films that I've seen. Um... So I, you know, I, I'll do something later. You know, whenever this comes out, I'll make a list of my first viewings, or whatever. I'm, I'm gonna specifically focus on mine, um, the films that came out in 2020. So they're 2020 releases. Um, I just have eight of them. So eight, number eight, Sputnik. Uh, I watched this on Hulu. Uh, it's a really solid sci-fi film. Um, got uh, Ash, Russian cosmonaut goes to space, comes back, brings something with him. Really good. Uh, Alien flick, really good monster design, solid score, a little bit of. Um, I wanted to rate it higher, but then I, but then some of it, some of it was kind of cliche, so I had to give it the little three and a half I have on Letterbox. Uh, but I, I still doesn't feel right with me. But it's really good. I recommend it. Number seven. Why the fuck did I make it this way? I have it ordered weird on my thing now. I, I don't like that. Um, number seven is uh, His House on Netflix. It's um, it's a horror film. Um, about uh, two immigrants leaving or trying to they escape war-torn Sudan I, I want to say I could be wrong I'm sorry um, so they come to England and um, weird shit starts to happen in their new um, in their new house they're refugees though and it's a really good experience uh, or it's a really good kind of like shows you kind of the experience that refugees immigrants have to go through especially you know, with everything that's happened recently, like with Brexit, uh, a lot of racist motherfuckers still doing stupid shit in our systems and, you know, stuff like that. And it's really, really good. I think just the what they have to go through in itself is a horror story because it, it's not it's not fun by any means. Um, so, yeah, I give it a recommendation. Solid horror film. Um, number six, uh, you know, I, sh- I really should reorder these, but I think because of my ratings i have it weird number six i have emma i saw that by myself earlier this year um it it came to a theater uh like an hour away from me so that's where i went to go see it um it has um anya taylor joy in it this is i think this is based off of i don't remember it much now i think it's based off a novel it's like you're it's based uh, off a jane austen novel jane austen novel 19th century uh bunch of white people doing silly shit rich white people i should say um it was good it was fun i enjoyed it um number five the invisible man we talked about this great film fantastic really excited for what this director is uh has in store for us with uh the wolf man so ryan gosling <laughs> yeah really excited for that um number four onward talked about that before uh pixar film really sad really good um Jonathan's really horny for that mom. Um, 
and would not shut up about it during the no i'm just kidding it was funny it was fun because she got a thick ass yeah yeah she does um and then my last three i'm i'm kind of juggling with them because they're all really good and i can't nail one for a number one so i'll just say it they're Um, all number one so they're all number one uh first one i'll say birds of prey we talked about that good good film good superhero movie Fun characters all around. Ewan McGregor loved him as Black Mask. Shit gets he gets his shit wrecked. Really fun. God, God. I was not ready for that. <laughs> they killed the fuck out of Ewan McGregor. <laughs> He's not I coming like, back. I was like, I'm 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 really ready for to see what he'll do later on, and then it's like that motherfucker exploded. <laughs> he did. D E D dead. He dead. <laughs> He's not coming back. No. Nope. Yeah. Birds uh, of praise. <laughs> Was surprisingly great. Yeah, no, it, it was a huge um, hit. Um, then my next one is The Five Bloods. I finally watched that recently. Um, I, I, you know, when I watched it, I thought it was Chadwick Boseman's last film, but apparently not. There's actually another film that just released that is his last film. But either way, this being one of his last films is so surreal. It's a it, great movie. It's a great movie, and then especially the part in there where we get a f- we get uh, a full um, a full confrontation between uh, him and um, our character, um, our very troubled character uh, Paul. Um, Is he the Trump one? Yeah, he's the Trump okay. one. <laughs> um, we we get an interaction between him where we where we find out um, how exactly storm and norman died it was it was an accident and that was so that was such an emotionally good scene performance because like you know chadwick boseman's like you know his character's like i forgive you man you got me good too (laughs) like it was like oh my god you are wrecking me right now um fantastic film really a lot (laughs) man so it's so sad everything that happened in it and it's just a good um it, I, I think, you know, I, I saw where a lot of people uh, complained about Spike Lee's choices of using um, actual footage within the film. And I have to disagree. I, I think it really works well for what um, for the storytelling, what he's trying to say um, like shit. It's Vietnam. It's a real war that happened. Also, apparently those people have never seen a fucking Spike Lee movie because <laughs> he tends yeah. to do that a, quite a lot. Yeah. And like, and the thing is too, it like it wasn't holding back either. It showed a, it showed footage of a guy getting shot in the head. It oh, that that, of, that stuck with me. That was fucked. Yeah, I've never seen that, and that really like, I was like, whoa, that that was real. And then the footage and photographs of babies, um, fucking dead, children dead. Um, I mean, you get the footage. It's important to show this. It's important to show what war looks like. It's similar uh, to how. Uh, it's important to remind yourself of this stuff. I mean, yeah, and, uh, what it, it, yeah. Never repeat it. Uh, like uh, we need to show what America did in Vietnam. The way they would just go through these villages and kill civilians just well, yeah because, because they were they were, they were paranoid and they were like, oh well, the Viet the Viet Cong can be anybody, so we just got to kill everybody. Yeah, like the, no, the, the, they were working under the mentality: the only good VC is a dead VC. Like and like no, like God sort of, which is no way. No way can this ever be justified. And then people, you know, because we also have this guy, this Trump supporter character, who also refers to 
a lot of the people as a slur and and you know that's the that's the thing too is that like a lot of yep. people you know you like to to them they aren't it, it's fucked you know they aren't people they they're they're just the enemy and like what that means and what that entails doesn't matter they're just the enemy and and like you know that that's it and that's why like when you see this footage it's good to show you that like so you're saying that baby is the enemy so you're saying that child is the enemy this human child is the enemy this human baby is the enemy so they deserve that like what like who who's the enemy what does that mean you know and 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 then also it shows too the um like just what was happening in America with these <laughs> like oh my god and people people think this shit didn't happen and it's still happening today these racist motherfuckers <laughs> I, I did have my issues with the film but i feel like one of the strongest points in the film was highlighting just sort of the, the racial disparity in the film like cause they said like black men in america signed up more and were recruiting more for the war in vietnam than, than their white counterparts no, no, it, yeah, they were they were drafted, not only in World War Two, but in Vietnam, and they were still segregated, and it, it makes no fucking sense. And like, like one, like another strong point is like <clears throat> you see all the different soldiers, whenever they're reliving their moments in combat, it's them as old men in the flashback, mm-hmm. which I thought was yes. a really great touch. Uh, yes. Oh yeah really good and 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 like with the main character his name was paul right yeah i think or or like the soldier they they put the the most emphasis on delroy lindo i think is his actor's name how like um it it, his character it's such this weird con like this weird incongruous idea that how could a, a black man be a trump supporter it's like how like what 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 will that happen but that's real that happens i mean in real life i remember we went out to a restaurant one day and there was an older black man like singing trump's praises and it's like this can't be real what's happening right now but it's true and it's it's interesting to see as like how i guess complex of a character he is because like there, there's a lot of trauma that happened to him that influences his sort of very caustic and abrasive behavior but then there's also a lot of genuine character flaws that make him, let's say, not a great person. And but I, it's just to sort of to see his arc. While I do think there's like some weird, like kind of flut- fluttering with his character in the movie that I, I, I don't quite agree with. But I still think it's, it's a very interesting decision to make him a a stronger character of focus in the film. Yeah, because like you said, you know there are actual people like him, real people that are like this. And, you know, and it's, if anything, he's, uh, it's more sad, you know, um, him, uh, especially with how he is towards his uh, son, played by Jonathan Majors, who, you know, it was so funny because I was looking at a review about this film and they were like, the person was like, man, I wish they didn't have that Trump footage in there. That sucks. But man, when did Jonathan Majors get so jacked? Yeah, also, and then you yeah, say strangely jet and and <laughs> go no there, go ahead there's, there's a weird little thing i don't know if i misheard a certain portion of the film or if if it, if, it, if i didn't mishear it it's a fucking weird choice but i was under the impression that jonathan major's character as as his son was 18 years old in the film 
but I don't know if that's correct. I, all I just remember is um, the the older his father is showing a picture of Johnson Majors, his son, and his mother. It's like, oh, this is my son. He's eighteen. But I don't know if he's eighteen in that photo or he's supposed to be eighteen years old in the movie. Because if he's supposed to be 18 years old in the movie, that's a fucking stretch. Says Jonathan Majors is a grown ass man. No, I think I, I think he he was like a teacher or something. <clears throat> so like, yeah, he couldn't be 18. So like, th- th- that's what I was confused about. He couldn't be 18 in a fi- picture with his mother because his mother died giving birth to him. Okay, because like, because like I said, I'm like you know I'm hard of hearing. So like, there's some there's some stuff I didn't quite make out, and I was like, okay, hold on, I'm. <laughs> I was I, I was kind of missing some points, but I was like, but also I was giving myself the caveat. It's like I know I probably misheard some stuff, but also that's also just a funny bit in my head. It's like this dude's <laughs> the jackest ass, grownest ass, eighteen year old I've ever seen. He's working off of JoJo logic, I, evidently. I mean, there are some jacked eighteen year olds, but anyway, this review though, when it was talking about Jonathan Majors, literally he would <laughs> say something he didn't like the film, and then he would ask, "Has his biceps always been that big?" And then he would keep go. He keep asking about him. And then at the very end of his review, he says, "Man, has Jonathan Majors been this jacked in every other film?" I'm like, "Dude, why do you care about how jacked he is?" He's <laughs> like, distractingly jacked, I guess. He's I just, guess he's just miring, bro. Because like you know, I saw it's like he's really buffing the five boys, and he's really buffing Lovecraft Country, and like, he's gonna be even buffer as Kane the Conqueror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know a lot, a lot of um, a lot to take in with that film. I I really loved it, and um, I'm glad I, I finally saw it. And uh, my final film that I recently like this is my most recent film that I I did not know I'd love so much, but I did. And it's also based off an, off a book that I want to read now is The Devil All the Time. And man. Wow, I was not expecting to like this movie so much, but goddamn, it was good. And I don't understand some of the criticism because Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson, hell, even Sebastian Stan are fantastic. And um, and I remember I remember reading some of the reviews. Uh, one of them was like, or critics, critics specifically have said like, oh man. Robert Pattinson's performance is god awful. What is with that accent? And then there's another that's like one of the best performances of the year. And like, and not only that, it, it just the performances in general, they're all like, they're awful. And then the other people are like, oh, they're great. And then there's one side that's like, oh, this film's too bleak. <laughs> and then there's this other side that's like, oh, this film's bleak. That's awesome. And it's, it's not just bleak like, it, enough, goddammit. Yeah, and it makes no sense whatsoever. Like, I don't see any actual, like, like hard lined, like really just deep grit criticism that's just kind of like really getting in there. They're all, it's just kind of all like, I don't want to say superficial, but like, it's all about like subjective taste. I mean, yeah, because like, I mean, granted, so, like all criticism is, but there's, of course, I don't know, of, there are various like stand, like agreed upon standards we, we hold narratives up to. Yeah. Yeah, and and for me, this kind of hit, like, every sweet spot because, okay, The Devil of Time is, like, pretty much like a crime thriller drama. Um, Tom Holland plays our young character. He's, like, either out of high school or is about to be. He plays a guy, he plays a kid named Arvin Russell, and they live in this um, 
kind of this they live in this really small town west virginia they they all have southern accents and um he kind of has to deal with these it, I, i'm gonna have to read off the letterbox right now it says he has to deal with the evil forces surrounding his family which there's no supernatural stuff when it says evil forces it's just re- referring to like people and like they're kind of like they are kind of like a force um and it's really good like and i mean the devil all the time really fits it because let me like it's bleak it's really bleak and um that's what i i loved about it and it's super violent and i really enjoyed that as well um and and for narrative it it it's really good it's not bad um there's also also the author of the novel he narrates really good um like I said, the performances were solid. I really liked uh, Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson. Uh, really enjoyed the story. Um, I remember somebody somebody made the uh, made some kind of criticism of like um, it being kind of a um, uh, I'm trying to think. It's like it like peppered like kind of um, like Christian or like. Um, nursery <laughs> i i, I want to say nursery rhyme but i don't even think that's the right word of the kind of like uh morality or like uh sentimentism like of like um because you know this is in the sa- this is in the south and they go you know the character uh the characters are very christian they go to church there's a lot of church scenes and a lot of talk about god but like even then though the character arvin played by tom holland you know he doesn't he doesn't really give a shit about that stuff, you know? He's kind of, like, he's kind of done with that, and I, I don't want to say too much, because I really, I really recommend it. I, um, I enjoy this movie quite a bit, so, yeah, those are my, those are my top films, 2020. Alright, uh, with mine, I'll go, I'll go through, like, some of my, some of the 2020 stuff. And of course, there will be, obviously, some overlap. Um, my sort of 10, I, I got to watch a good many from 2020, um, they, it, because 2020 was so weird, there's a lot of weird peaks and valleys. But I think my top 10 uh, for 2020, it, it, it will include like some stuff that's not strictly movies, but it's like on Letterboxd, so I kind of just have to like make do with what I got. So number 10 onward, really fun, really cute. It's like it's very memorable. It's one of the last movies we got to see as a group, you know, because it's us at the house and with the boys too, so that was fun. Borat 2. Talked about it, screamed about it. It was a it was a hoot and a holler, literally. Number eight, The Five Bloods. We just talked about it. Um, it's a it's a very strong film. Get see that out. It's on Netflix. Um, also Netflix was Someone Has to Die, which is a miniseries uh, taking place in 1950s Spain about a a young gay man who comes back from a from spending about ten years abroad to his very rich family, his very conservative family. And sort of the fallout of him trying to live his life, and and as his secret is being uncovered, it, it's a very it's a very tense series because you have to deal with like like very like you know prejudices of the time and that afflicting the main character. But like I was still very invested throughout the story. Uh, number six, Burn the Witch. This on Letterbox. Uh, it, was, it was you know we talked about that in the anime. Uh, number five. While it was it was a hard watch, I still really appreciate the film and what it did, and that was Possessor. Mm-hmm. It's like it is really it's like it's really difficult in some places, just in terms of the brutality and just sort of the sheer fucking anxiety. Because like because yeah. like the last oh, yeah. twenty minutes, my yeah <laughs> my nerves is up. 
<laughs> because like it, it's just really brutal and he, he, it, of course because it's about this assassin who sort of jumps bodies in order to like uh, make their mark there's a lot of that plays within that like you start wondering like okay who's doing this who's doing that it's just real because I, Brandon Cronenberg does a great job and there's, there's like there's so many shots in the film that's just like wonderfully composed and the sequence where the assassin is sort of uploading her consciousness into the fall guy's body is really interesting because they have was essentially like these two wax models of the assassin and the fall guy and uh, you see um her body sort of melt away and you see like like then like melt into his it's, it's really interesting how they do it and it's very surreal the whole thing is very surreal and upsetting and the you I you'll probably be pretty like worn down by the end. You're just like fuck because the the last the, literally the last ten minutes it's just like it fucking cuts your guts out. It's in it's in very intense. Um, number four, Invisible Man. We talked about it. Uh, this is a great film. One of the strongest of the year. Three, <laughs> cultural phenomenon. Tiger King. You can't get past it. It was great. Um, we talked a lot about it. Everybody knows about it. Uh, number two was Dragula Resurrection. It was so much fun. I love Dragula. It's the, just a horror punk drag queen competition. And this sort of this integral special they did, bringing back old old queen to compete for a position in this, the following season whenever it gets to be able to made. It was just so cool to see all these queens come back and show how much they evolved in their presentation, evolved in their style, and to sort of see their a more personal insight to their lives and and plus just like even in like the re- literally the throes of quarantine they were able to make a very well shot and put together a film it's it's great and just and just for nothing else just the spectacle of it it's amazing and i think my favorite you know production film of the year was probably Shirley. yeah because because it's about Shirley Jackson with like a very famous writer, specifically horror, as it sort of, I would say, I don't want to say fan fiction, but like it sort of reads into this aspect of her life that while we, we cannot confirm, we also cannot deny, there's this very like, she has like this very lesbianic and sapphic tones to her writing, and it's sort of exploring this sort of, or inferring this sort of hidden aspect of her life as she's sort of going through the throes of her depression and then her mental health and sort of the dissolution of her marriage with this young couple that comes to stay with her, her and her husband and her bond with the wife. And it, it's, it's really interesting. And plus there are so many sh- shots in the movie that are straight out of a horror movie and how they're composed and how they're shot. And it's, it's, and it's just honestly a great film. But as for overall viewing, um, there there'll be a lot, there'll be some similar overlap between John and me because we watched a lot of movies together. But my number ten movie uh, was Blood Quantum, which is a horror movie I watched ooh, maybe about in the summer. It's about it's it's a zombie film, but the twist is it's about it's it, it's focused on indigenous peoples because it takes place in Canada, uh, their First Nations as as they uh, say up there. 
and this a zombie apocalypse happens and the indigenous people are immune to the virus it, it can be bit but they do not turn of course you know that's only a small advantage when you know when you have this hordes of manning these monsters that can rip you apart why is this the first time i'm hearing of this i love zombies movies and this is like i googled it i, I talked about it earlier in the year never heard of this yeah. movie and and it, it's I, i've i've just been continually thinking about it. I, like it's i rated it a three and a half but like it just sort of shows there's something about the movie that really stuck with me because it was just really interesting to see like how many movies do you get to see with like a all indigenous cast and where they're the focus and it's like telling a story through their perspective because it's based off a true story of like a police raid of an indigenous um, reservation and sort of like the the violence that happened from that but it's a great film there's a lot of really interesting um, like animated sequences in there and it's i think it's, it's just a really good movie it's on shutter and i would wholeheartedly recommend it um, number nine is Guyver Dark Hero, which is a sequel to an American adaptation of a Japanese anime slash manga, and it's pure 80s cheese, top to bottom, but it has, like, some yeah. fucking sick choreography, and, like, with the, with the fighting, because it's, it's about this man who comes like bonded with this biomechanical like unit that transformed into like this fighting superhero tokusatsu hero and pure cheese and just but but the monster effects and practical effects are amazing like i promise if i guess like i was wishing i could watch it with the boys because i know for shit y'all be screaming at certain point because it's just that fucking <laughs> sick hell yeah and, like the final battle is like <laughs> bad as fuck it's so cool and also the main character Young Solid Snake. David Hayter is the main character movie, and that's a that's yeah. fucking crazy. It's so wow. good. Oh, wow. Um, okay, <laughs> it's great. I I rented on Voodoo, and it was it was fucking slick. I I loved the, that movie the bits. Um, number eight <laughs> might sound crazy. Pink flamingos. Hell yeah! Because John and I had a fucking time watching that movie. It was it was a fucking blast. It's nauseating absolutely disgusting loved every minute of it <laughs> kill everyone now condone the first degree murder how could a person be an egg cotton how can a person be an egg i have no idea what's happening <laughs> uh there's just two kinds of people in this world miss sandstone my kind of people and assholes <laughs> it's it's fantastic um Number seven, I, I kind of hard, I kind of had a hard time because there's there's like a bunch of really good movies. I think maybe it would be Little Women. Ooh, Ooh yeah, that, I like that Little was Women. a really good movie because we saw that at the at toward the top of the year, and it was just it, it was just so heartwarming and heartbreaking, and just it was just a like a gorgeous. It just felt like I don't know, like as sad as it, it would be, I just at the end I still felt like. It just lifted my spirits because, like, it's just the perseverance of like love and family, and like it. it while it's, they may sound kind of trite, but like the way they did it in the film, it, it felt very sincere and it felt and it really landed for me. Yeah, it's a very life affirming movie. Definitely. Oh yeah, it, it just missed my top ten. So it, 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 I would definitely, definitely recommend that one. 
Um, number six, uh, Hedwig and Edwin Inch. Hell yes. That, that was just a, came out of nowhere. It was just a, a blast. It's, it's, a, it's like this totally bizarre movie, musical, about this, um, this queer character who's, in order to escape this totalitarian uh, European country, they had a bot sex change or sex affirmation surgery. And so they're like, they're, because they were originally men, they, when they, when their, their surgery failed, they sort of assumed a, a, a feminine role. And it's sort of her, Hedwig's journey, like figuring out herself and like dealing with her trauma and like her, her actions and her mistakes while being in this like badass punk band and just sort of traveling to the highs and lows of just, like of being just like small this like larger than life band in a very small arena while sort of dealing with the jealousy of like bigger rivals and it has a fucking banging soundtrack. Oh my god, the songs are so good. Like literally the Hegwig soundtrack was like my when my top five albums on Spotify rap. Like I played the shit out of it. There's just some great songs. I, I always still think about them at random points in the year. Um, top moving to top five. Um, number five is Papillon. It's a movie I watched. Uh, I would say about February, March, starring Sammy Rowlick and uh, Charlie Hunnam about the real life um, thief uh, Papillon as he was sent to this prison. And it, this is actually a remake of an older film. But it's it's just a it's just a really like interesting. It, it's definitely on the slow side. Um, that might be a barrier entry for some people, but it's it's very slow. It, it's it's not too slow that you can't enjoy it. But it's sort of like dealing with the relationship between these two men over the course of several several years in this prison and sort of trying to get out and sort of like making a life within it and their sort of the choices also. It's fucking gay, and it, and it's so good to, to see like because it's even gayer than the original movie because like they they laid on pretty thick in this film. Oh hell yeah! As as about as far as they can go without actually fucking. Damn, but it, it's it's a really good film. I I would I would definitely recommend that if you don't mind something a bit on the slower side. Uh, number four um, is Beau Traval, which is man, I, I just kind of stumbled on this movie and it's it was fucking incredible because like if nothing else, it's just just dr- shot in such a way it, it feels like a dream, and just sort of dealing with basically like un like unreciprocated feelings and jealousy, and sort of like projecting your frustrations onto to the thing that's the closest to you. And like finding sort of like meaning in a very vacant world, and plus just seeing the occupation of like of a, a small country by a dominant force, and even though they're not the focus of it, that's something that the director made very close attention to bring up about the story of like the French Foreign Legion in an African country. A fantastic film. Uh, number three, Tokyo Godfathers. God, that was just an f- amazing movie. One of the best anime movies I've ever seen. We talked about it earlier. We got to see it with the boys. It was, it was fantastic. I I love that movie to bits. And um, Hana, best moms in movies history. Come fight me. 
And number two, um, The Handmaiden. Uh, one of the best movies I've ever seen. I just love just how, how meticulously it was shot. Just all the the tosses and turns throughout the film is fantastic. And I screamed a lot. It was really good. Very surprising. Uh, it was just... I just can't get over how gorgeous that movie was. Oh, my God. From the music to... I, I think, like, Park Chan-wook has, like... <sighs> So like the best looking movies, like right now, because God, it, it, that movie was just fucking great. And my number one movie um, was There Will Be Blood, because that movie was just fucking so righteous. Like, say what you will about Daniel Lewis, like, oh, he's a method actor, whatever. But like, the way he just embodied Daniel Plainview, Dan- Daniel Plainview, it's he did such a great job. I love it's like. A Fucking despicable ass bastard that he was. He was just so compelling to watch throughout his whole journey. Like, and and just something is really interesting. Like, as much as an evil prick that he was, there was still a tiny bit. He had one tiny like string wrapped around his finger to humanity, and even then, that couldn't save him. Oh and, God! That, and and that was and just like there's so many scenes I just think about like it's just it's such a great movie. It's shot like a masterpiece. I I can't talk about this movie enough. It's just so good. I love this movie. Like one thing I I forgot to talk about when we were when it was on my list was you know a lot of movies even some of my favorite movies of all time you know after you get done watching it it's like you have to sit with it a bit and process it. Mm-hmm. After I finished There Will Be Blood, I I had to fight the urge to not start it over. Because <laughs> I, I was like, because once those credits hit, I was like, this is a fucking masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. And it's like, and it's funny too. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. Uh, and just that, the, the I'll drink your milkshake bit. And uh, and then the bit at the very end, I'm done. I'm finished. <laughs> I was like, that is just like, mwah, like perfect final line. So uh, th- that's that's my uh, top ten of 2020 and overall movies watched. Uh, damn, it, it's it, as crappy and as weird as it been. Twenty like movies have been like the, one of the saving graces for the year for me. Let's see, so how many movies did you watch? My total is, at this moment is 150. Okay, mine is 116. So, and like we said earlier, there's going to be some stuff that we're going to catch afterwards. So these may change, but as at this moment right now, for the last episode of the year, this is where our movie like <laughs> ratings land. You betcha. All right, so that's all the big awards. We still have like a couple of things more to talk about, and just sort of we can get we can get through these pretty quick. But just lastly, some of the things that we enjoyed this year that don't quite fit into any other categories, and that's as we like to call lads' choice. Lads' choice favorite thing from this year, uh, peepee. I like peepee. Peepee. Got peepee. Peepee. Fuck, I love pee-pee. I'm so tired. I'm hungry. I haven't ate dinner yet. My it's brain's also not like working 2 properly. It's 2.30 in sorry. the fucking pee-pee. morning. I love pee-pee. Okay, it's 2.15. Let's get it right. 
<laughs> that doesn't make it any better. I'm fucking tired, uh, Wenzel. This is the, this is the last episode of the year, and that we're recording, so we're pushing through it. We 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 we're the home stretch. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, PP Colt got it for me for Christmas. Love it. Love him. Thank you. And then uh, let's choice. Uh, <laughs> I really like PP. I don't know if I really want to talk about it. You know, I, if if you're listening and you follow me on Twitter, if you follow me on Instagram, if you follow my if you follow my Goodreads, um, I I'm doing the reading challenge right now. Right now it is the 19th of December. I am at 56 out of 60 books, and I have four more to go. So I am definitely working my way to that. I'm currently reading Dune by Frank Herbert, and I just started um, the only. Fuck, I can just look at it. It's right next to me. The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. And that is a horror novel. Um, so I'm reading those. Uh, my, you know, I, I'm trying to decide what books I'm reading next. Uh, I, I read a lot of good books this year. I'm really proud of myself. Read a lot of good manga, too. Um, caught up with My Hero Vigilantes. I actually got the Shonen Jump app, so I can read it on there. Um, I've been reading My Hero Academia, the main story, really fucking good, recommend it, when this shit gets animated, it's gonna be absolutely insane, uh, Chainsaw Man, read all of Chainsaw Man, finished it, uh, it's actually done, chapter 97, last chapter, um, but, it's, but it's only part one, they're actually continuing it with part two in the Shonen Jump Plus subscription, so I, I, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna get that because I, I, Chainsaw Man was absolutely amazing and reading it and it was one of my favorite manga this year. Like I said, I read Vigilantes. Vigilantes is alright. It's um, I wouldn't say it's good as a main story and it's kind of just twiddling its thumbs right now. Um, I read some other manga. I need to catch up on The Promised Neverland. Um, no Guns Life. Um, and then books. Um, oh man, I really don't. Um, like I said, I read a lot of good books. I'll talk about one book that I read recently that was that I mentioned before. It was called Cows, and it's by Matthew Stoko Stokey. I don't know how to say his last name, but let me tell you, it is the most disgusting, depraved fucking book I have ever read, and will ever probably read. Um, but goddamn, it is one of the best. It is good. I gave it five stars. Um, if you can think of any depraved act, act, it's in there. Um, uh, doesn't hold back on language too. Um. Yeah, it was absolutely horrid. Can't say much about it. Other than that, it was it was so disgusting and it was so funny because I remember that time Colt was talking about the painted bird and I was like, man, I would never read the book for that. That sounds horrible. Then I read this and I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is even this is more horrific. <laughs> oh, it, it, I loved it. It was a good. It was good. I I recommend it. Um, I read a lot of good books this year and. I'll talk about those on my own thing. So, um, yeah. Uh, only thing is uh, rediscovered some bands I like. I'm not going to go into specifics. Uh, got into jazz. Really cool. And Nerd. Fuck off. And JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. yeah. For mine, one, like my, my one big thing was comics this year. Um, the biggest one this year was um, The Immortal Hulk by um, Al Ewey. Uh, Ewing and Joel Bennett. As someone that I have like no real opinion on the Hulk, they completely made me into a fan with this series. It's it's puts the Hulk mythology in a in a different light, and it pretty much has turned this like ongoing Hulk book into a more or less a horror story. And it's just 
been so gripping to watch to to, to read this whole story as it's because like literally I I got the the first volume from the comic strip from Justin. And it was like within like a week, I went back and got the other like the next two or three. Like I jumped onto this ship hardcore, and it's just been the one of the most fun I've had with an ongoing like mainstream book in a very long time. And like it, I I can't get get over it. It's just it's just really interesting, like morbid lore to have for it, and just like how really unsettling the art is, like. It's it's not it's 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 drawn pretty realistically, but it's when you get to like the body horror stuff and how the Hulk transforms, it's like brutal and grotesque. And I'm I've been loving every minute of it, and it, it makes me sad that I feel like we're it's kind of reaching its sort of its conclusion, like it's it's in sight, but like I'm I'm ready for it to get there. Yeah, it, and basically that's been like my favorite comic of the year. Um, the manga I've been, I've been joining, like, I, uh, see, Psychic Seer, a new series that started this year about a boy with psychic powers. Superbly drawn, actually pretty spooky with its art. Kaiju number eight, about a, um, a low-ranking, um, kaiju cleanup crew. One man, he, he, like, becomes, he essentially becomes a human kaiju, and he sort of, uh, has to deal with identity as a kaiju while wanting to be on a kaiju extermination team it's very interesting actually has a adult protagonist in the manga who knew and um started chainsaw man i hope to to um, pursue that more this year and lastly um i've just been really excited as a tokusatsu fantasy ultraman get it sort of introduction to the west with its sort of more wide scale releases and simulcasts so that's been some of my favorite things from this year. That doesn't quite fit in those other categories. Hell yeah, dude. And I guess lastly, we'll just um, talk briefly about what are our favorite shows for the year before we wrap up for the day. Wrap up for the year. And my personal favorites this year was the Fago Taste Test. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And um, the Letterbox game. That was a, that was a, a lot of fun. fun to put together and play. Those are my probably my two favorite episodes from this year that we've done. Damn, Pat, you stole mine. My favorite was the Letterbox game. I had a lot of fun with that. That was really fun. That that was a good one. Uh, I think one of my favorites was uh, yeah. the Pat cast. Oh, yeah. The, I, I'm still fucked up over the War of 1812 bit. <laughs> that was a really good bit, Colt. That was yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my favorites. Uh, pff, they're very recent, but I still really enjoyed them. Uh, was just the uh, uh spin the wheel stuff. I know it was a very simple, very easy to set up, but I just really enjoyed the kind of just the shooting off of questions and just doing that. I really enjoyed that. I loved all the questions we came up with for that. If nobody has anything else, I think that would be a good time to start wrapping up because this has been a marathon episode. Yeah. Please. Because it, it'll definitely be a, sm- a smaller award content than the last couple of years, but I feel like this is uh, sufficient to what the year has given us. So we just want to give you a huge thank you for not only just listening to this like jumbo-length episode, but also... Sticking sticking with us this year, just throughout everything that's going on, and just through this sort of transitional portion of our show, how we just sort of had 
we had people coming on. We had some just just shifting with the show. We really appreciate you sticking with us. And despite everything, we had a pretty solid year in terms of our listens, and we we can't thank y'all enough for that. We really do appreciate that. And I know this year has been tough, but I'm hopefully we giving you some sort of levity throughout the year. If so, um, we're glad we could help. So um, just thank you all so much for listening today and listening this year. As always, you can follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, and any RSS feed catcher out there. Share us with a friend, uh, like, favorite, five stars, all that good stuff that helps us out, keeps the show going, and gets us one of new listeners. You can follow us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram, AYC Podcast, on Letterboxd and Facebook at All You Can Hear, Twitch, twitch.tv slash All You Can Hear, and YouTube at All You Can Hear. And lastly, for the final time this year, you can follow me, Patrick, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at John Lost's Name and My Art on Facebook and John Lost's Name Art. My name is Jonathan. You can follow me on Twitter <coughs> at J-O-N-I-I-B-O-I-24 and John Odinson12 on Letterboxd. My name's Colt. Follow me on Twitter at Colt D zero zero. Thank you for listening. Have a good I'm one. I'm Wenzel. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Wenzel Wilkie. Follow my art Instagram at World of Wednesday. Check out my linked link tree to follow my Goodreads or Letterbox. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, this year's uh, it's it's been something. Um, see you next year. Happy New Year. Goodbye. Farewell. I love you. <laughs>